0: Some
1: 101 KSO, Portland. Attention, broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now.
2: Excelente. Live from the uh, beautiful uh, studios of Rock 101 KUFO in downtown Portland, Oregon. It is 2 minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 5. And this, the month of July in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along making a part of your listening day. I am uh, Rick Emerson, your host, alongside Sarah X. Dillon and Tim Riley and Greg Nibbler. Together, we are the Rick Emerson Program and Excursion into Whimsy. Thank you for joining us today. It is uh, Friday, and welcome to Day 12. If you'd like to be part of the show, telephonically speaking, you can do that at 503- The good news right out of the gate is I have a great photograph. Of that Beware of the Zombie Stripper sign that was posted yesterday on the Ross Island Bridge right near the Lucky Devil. So I'll get that posted to uh, RickEmerson.com and to the uh, Facebook page and everything. That'll be up uh, here within uh, a few minutes. It's become like the top story. The Zombie Stripper sign? Yes. Well, who doesn't love strippers and zombies, Tim? It's uh, it's sort of a your chocolate and my peanut butter kind of a thing, but with more boobs and death. So a guy took a photograph, and it was like this full-on like Lenny Riefenstahl shot race like underneath and the sign is looming up above. Um, so we'll get that posted uh, at RickEmerson.com here in just you. few. Uh, it is Friday. We are here uh, live in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. And coming up, this is really, I mean, just, even I am staggered and amazed and awed and stunned by the number of things we got coming up today. Uh, actor Ron Livingston is going to be joining us later on today. Of course you know him from Section the City, from Office Space, uh, from Band of Brothers. And we're going to talk about his new uh, series, Defying Gravity, which is on ABC. So Ron Livingston, uh, in the 7 o'clock hour, we'll talk to Brian Bat from AMC's Mad Men, which starts at Season 3, uh, Sunday, August 16th. And here's what we discovered yesterday. I didn't realize this. So on the day the, the Season 3 premiere of Mad Men rolls out, you will still be in New York, Sarah Dillon. I
3: will be in New York City.
2: I will have just gotten back. I'm getting back. Uh, so we're all so we're going to be uh, gone for a week in August. I don't know, about three weeks or something from now. So uh, Greg and Sarah and I, at one point, all of us, I think, will be in New York, which is just sort of happenstance. So you can start creating your own, like, conspiracy theories here. But, uh, But we're all going to be in New York. I will come back Sunday morning. And I'll be back in town for a couple hours, then the Mad Men season three premiere will roll out. You're still going to be in New York, so you are now legally obligated. You are required. There's some sort of code of, like, radio show ethics where you got to go to Madison Avenue and find a bar uh, or, you know, the club or someplace that is showing uh, Mad Men's oh, I totally season will. premiere.
3: No, I need to. I never finished the last few episodes of the second season, so I'm just doing that now.
2: So, which, so where are you back. at right now?
3: I just watched yesterday, um, I think I have two episodes. No, I have three episodes left. I just watched the episode The Jet Set. The, one, the weird one where he goes to California and kind of disappears with that strange girl. Where
2: he and Pete Campbell are in California and then he ends up in that weird... It's like some really ritzy version of the Manson family. Yeah, where it's like him and just a bunch of like European folks hanging out in a house somewhere.
3: Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah.
2: That's a great episode.
3: It's a cool episode. It's and
2: almost then, like a dream episode in a way. Because it has this weird sort of feel of non-reality to it. Mm-hmm. And then there's what, like two more or something
3: after that? Yeah, two or three more. And then that was also the one where... Um, the dude at the office reveals that he is in fact homosexual. Salvatore? No, not him. Uh, the other. Oh, dude, the European, the, guy. Yeah,
2: the I European gonna, guy. I was just going to. I was going to say, okay, that that's the sequence we were talking about where they're in the donut room or whatever, the, with the office yeah. supply room, and the guy he says he says you know, I'm from Europe where such things are not a big deal. Mm, I Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: and
2: the, okay, that. And then everybody in the office suddenly sort of gets the weird vibe on, and then that's where Brian Bat has that great sequence where you kind of just see all the emotion, uh-huh. like in his face as he's sort of like, what sort of people am I working with? Oh. Yeah. So the, so this is awesome, because we are going to be talking to Brian Batt, who plays Salvatore Romano, on, season, uh, on all the seasons, but on the upcoming Season 3 of Mad Men. That's coming up today in the 7 o'clock hour. So Brian Bat from Mad Men, 7.20 today. Dax Holt from uh, TMZ uh, will join us at 8 o'clock. Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com will be here uh, at 7 with the Week in Geek. And some point today, we'll, uh, we'll find an opportunity to do our uh, true blood predictions for this coming Sunday. Ugh, it's just uh, it's too much television to watch. It Becomes overwhelming at a certain point. Hey, by the way, just uh, like in case you were wondering, I was on the. Uh, so there's this thing you can go to Google and you can see what people are what people are looking up. Sort of what the uh, what the hot searches are. This is last night at around I don't know like 8:15 p.m. The number 15 most searched term on Google last night was. I wrote this. I took a screen capture of this. Where it's like you you know you the picture of the screen. But I did that thing. I must have hit the wrong button or something because I I went to post it this morning and it was like the size of a stamp. It was just like it was the whole screen, but miniaturized down to like an inch square. So it couldn't even be read. You have to take my word for it when I tell you I'm not making this up. Last night, uh, the number 15 search term on Google was Shia LaBeouf is not well endowed. That phrase exactly. I don't know, and I don't know why. Like I, th- that's the thing is, like
3: I captured well, did you it. Click on it, or the no, or something.
2: Insanely enough, I was just so bent on getting the, the like an actual screen capture of it, which then didn't work, that I never bothered to actually Google that phrase. Let's do it now, shall we? Uh, let's see. Let's all Google this. In the meantime, let's go to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley
0: show's non-stop coverage of Apocalypse 2009 continues. This is Tim Riley.
4: Good morning, everyone, from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. It is now 5.07. Highs today will drop into the low 90s. The weekend forecast calls for highs near 90, dropping back into the 80s early next week. This has become a legitimate news story. Imagine driving on Powell near the Ross Island Bridge, and one of those electronic construction signs has a very unusual graphic. That's what happened last night into yesterday morning. Somebody hacked into a contractor's sign and rigged it to read, quote, Caution
2: Zombie Stripper, yeah. unquote. The sign was quickly turned off. So this is, but not quickly enough because we have some photos of it. So we'll get that up here in just, a, uh, in just a moment.
4: Meanwhile, doctors are warning that booze and heat don't mix. An upswing in alcohol-related injuries and illnesses have led doctors at a Portland area hospital to warn against Drinking alcohol in the heat. A spokeswoman for Providence Milwaukee Hospital said the hospital has seen a 20% increase in alcohol-related complications during the heat wave. Doctors shared the following tips, and you're going to ignore these all. If you're going to drink alcohol, drink equal amounts of water. If you feel drowsy, overheated, or weak, stop drinking. <laughs> Seek medical attention if your body temperature is above 102 degrees. And
2: please, drink in moderation. Uh- <laughs> I'm sure everybody will get right on that. People don't... The idea that if you're suddenly feeling, what did you say, woozy or faint or something? Yeah. Is supposed to go. People keep drinking once... People... I've seen people go to... I mean, I'm just saying, it seems like if you are an adult and you're, you're drinking to excess and all of the things that already go along with that are not inducement enough for you to maybe ratchet it back a bit, probably the idea that you're going to feel a little bit faint is... That's not really going to do the job. But uh, you know, please uh, you know, treat your treat your body like a temple and all. Tara, did you uh, did you look up the Shia LaBeouf thing?
3: Yes, I guess he uh, admitted in an interview that he was not well endowed.
2: Oh well, uh, that's less interesting. I don't care it what is. I don't care what he says. I yeah. want to hear I want to hear what somebody else says about it. <laughs> I don't care if Shia LaBeouf says he's not well endowed. F him. <laughs> I want, to, I want to hear one of the Olsen twins say it. That's what I want to hear. His publicist cannot be reached for comment. That's, I mean, so, I, yeah. Okay, well, I guess we'll get back to that when wait, there's independent confirmation. that was confirmation.
3: weird when you just said Olsen twins, because I'm looking at all these headlines, and this just says Shia LaBeouf. It says, I'm not extremely well-endowed via the Olsen twins. That was weird.
2: Wait, it's, it's, so, wait a minute. Did I just make that happen by thinking it? I don't know. Is this the Tommyknockers? Can I just, uh, can I create a spaceship by visualizing it now? All right, well, we'll figure it out. Uh, all right, here's Tim Riley at the news desk. A weekender at KXL who broadcasts
4: news and traffic has been arraigned. He's accused of beating his wife with sticks and brooms, breaking her hand. 36-year-old Timothy James Thompson was arrested by Hillsborough Police. Officers saw injuries to his wife Susan's hand. She was taken to, to Walton Community Hospital for further examination. They found visible injuries on her legs and buttocks. And they believe that they were placed there with surveyor sticks?
2: I was just going to say, sticks and brooms sticks. implies multiple brooms and multiple mm-hmm. sticks. She suffered uh, multiple beatings with a thick wooden pointed stick. What is a surveyor stick? Is that one of those things that they uh, the guys when you see the guys doing the surveying, they stick the camera thing into the yes. ground and then they're doing the measuring or wh- whatever that jazz is? You know, where the the guy in the vest is sitting there and he's peering through the thing and adjusting the dials on the side of it. Is that what is that what that is? Do you that's think? what that is. Yes. All right. The trial is set to begin
4: September fifteenth. So that's a, a weekender at a competing station. Uh, Meanwhile, attention, Sarah Dillon. I know some of your friends may use these e-cigarettes. They're banned in Oregon. Attorney General John Kroger made the ban public yesterday. He said these e-cigies are not FDA approved and may be dangerous. There are reports that these e-cigs deliver a known carcinogen
2: and offer varying amounts of nicotine. Wait, let me understand this. So they're going to be taken off the market because they may be dangerous, whereas actual cigarettes, which, you know, kill you, (laughs) <laughs> are still legal and can be purchased right now at this very moment if I were to walk across the street. Yes. That's it's, your It's part of the nanny state. That's your government in action, Tim. Uh, your tax dollars hard at work protecting you from yourself. Hey, that You know, I guess that would, did we ever mention, did we discuss this on the air, off the air, that your uh, that your cigarette was uh, stolen by somebody when you left it unattended?
3: I did not leave it unattended. I turned my back and some drunk girl took it.
2: I'm just saying, if I had, if I had. You know, if, they're,
3: if, if they're dangerous, then uh, gonna... all the better for her.
2: You're saying, so it was the universe. The universe didn't want you to have exactly. the cigarette anymore. It took care of her. But now me. it would be a collector's item is my point. Now it would be doubly valuable. I'm. Not gonna go waving the dollar amount around. I'm just saying it was not a, not a, not a small purchase.
3: Oh, I know. I was. That's why I was so upset when it was stolen. But see, now it would be
2: worth even more because you can't purchase them anymore. Now it's a thing that is unavailable to you. All right, that's okay. I'm gonna move past it. Mm. All right. Here's Tim Riley.
4: Well, all that was missing last night for the beer summit was Stevie Wonder singing Ebony and Ivory. That white Massachusetts cop who was thrust into the limelight after arresting that black Harvard professor says the so-called beer summit was cordial and productive.
5: I think what you had today was two gentlemen agree to disagree on a particular issue. I, I don't think that we spent too much time uh, dwelling on the past. We spent a lot of time discussing the future.
2: Yes. Okay. And by the way, anytime anybody, there's no bigger indication that people don't like each other when they quote, agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. And there's really nothing of the sort is happening there. That's just a mutual loathing. That is a, uh, that is a disdain and dislike on both sides of the equation. Sergeant
4: Crowley says everybody can learn something from each other.
5: I would like not only to discuss, but I'd also like to listen to Professor Gates' perspective. And certainly he has the credentials to enlighten me a little bit. uh, And I think that uh, perhaps the professor, as he expressed to me, has a willingness to listen to what my perspective is as a police officer. Whatever. He he did not divulge (laughs) it. (laughs) (laughs) It was a private discussion. It was uh, a frank discussion. I'd rather not go into the specifics of what we discussed.
2: I've decided I dislike everybody in the story. Everybody, yes. including Barack Obama. I've decided that everyone in the story irritates me.
4: Yet he, d- he did not drink a common person's beer. He was drinking Blue Moon. Uh, Gates had Sam Adams light the beer. Uh, uh, Biden had... Joe Biden was there for some reason. He had,
2: they forgot to lock the door. He had
4: bucklers. Whatever.
2: And President <laughs> Obama <laughs> had Bud Light. Well, he's the people's president, Tim uh it is, it, so as we there's a good way to sort of wrap all this up as we go to the break you, you had that story uh just a few minutes ago about how the doctor's telling you not to drink to excess with the heat and all and you know but don't they tell you the same thing there's no time when you can drink uh without it without it doing something horrible to you apparently because they say the same thing during winter because i guess during winter people drink and they think it's going to warm them up and then it just drains your body temperature and then they find you frozen in a snowbank or whatever and one of those like st bernard's with the martini thing around his neck has to come and rescue you so apparently the you can, barrel <laughs> yeah so, so it's like whenever whenever there's you, you have to wait until it's just the right level of balminess before you can just and then you just have to drink as much as you possibly can because then once it gets too hot or cold you're just you're screwed again all right uh coming up today we'll talk to actor ron livingston uh, also brian bat from Mad Men, dax holt from tmz aaron duran from geek in the and we'll be uh, giving away a pair of tickets to star wars in concert. Uh, straight ahead, we have uh, Steve Kastenbaum from CNN Radio, New York City, and more from uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's Friday. The
0: Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. One-stop shopping for all your cult-like devotion. Welcome to come to my room? RickEmerson.com. Do it now.
2: Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for coming by. All right, if you go to uh, RickEmerson.com, uh, the caution zombie stripper sign is uh, that's now posted. The photograph of that. So we want to thank listener Robert, uh, along with uh, several other folks who who sent that in. And it, it, it the shot is taken perfectly too. I mean, it's it's done in exactly the right way. It's down at this great low angle, so it looks like it's sort of looming overhead. And then you've got the Lucky Devil Lounge sign in the background. So it's uh, that's quite something. So thank you to uh, to Robert and everybody else who uh, who sent that in. So that was on the Ross Island Bridge for I guess uh, at least two mornings. For uh, ODOT managed to uh, figure out what was what and uh, turn it off. And I guess so. And we also heard this yesterday. So somebody asked if the ODOT, not that I'm suggesting that you engage in any sort of electronic hooliganism or you know the, the vandalism. That would be wrong. And uh, you know CBS Radio does not advocate or promote. Or, Condone or endorse or encourage any of those things, but however amusing they might be. But somebody said, well, do they have any passwords or do they have any sort of code? And I guess there's either no code at all or the code is in fact just ODOT. I mean, not that, and I'm only saying that so that ODOT is aware of the situation so that they can take the appropriate the measures and remedy that with, you know, a thing. All right. I'm sorry?
3: Everyone, everyone's good time. No,
2: I'm just saying, I, you know, it, but I know that with you know the speed and efficiency of government, I know that they'll probably get right on that. There's certainly no way that any other uh, electronic reader boards around Oregon will be the, the exposed to this sort of juvenile behavior for probably days and days and days before they get around. To, so I'm, I'm making them aware so that it can be exploited, Sarah. I'm, uh, I'm trying to work with the man, not against the man. At the news desk, it is your personal savior, Tim Riley.
0: Stop coverage of Hot Apocalypse 2009 continues.
4: This is Tim Riley. Good morning from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. It is now 5:27. Highs today will drop into the low 90s. The weekend forecast also calls for highs near 90, and then next week it'll drop back down into the 80s. Why it's a cold wave compared to what we've been putting up with. In the news, the air conditioner failed at Southwest Portland's community center. That Apparently they had to send all the seniors home. They brought them there to bring them out of the heat, and it just made things
2: worse. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at that just now. But this, are these the uh, um, are these the uh, uh, the cooling centers that they were going to sort of get, come and round up your uh, your relatives, and they were going to sort of take them off and... for their own good? Yeah, well, no, that's they have to they have to be protected, Tim. They have to. Uh, the government needs to come and to put them in a place where they're going to be safe. And so they were going to come by the house and just sort of kind of bring out your dead style, just throw grandma on the back of a wagon Mm -hmm. and uh, take her to some place where she was able to play Parcheesi and Pinochle with her friends and talk about, you know, and do comparison, uh, you know, comparison, uh, shopping for Ben Gay. Mm -hmm. But so they took them all there and then the air conditioner just went out. Yes. Are we sure that this wasn't some sort of passive eugenics that we were going to be instituting here in Portland? Because it sounds a lot like that to me. All right. Well, the good part was the pool did stay open. So, those wanting to take a dip, they could do that. So, the old ladies could still do water aerobics. That's what it came down to, yes. By the way, we have this via text at 52051. It says, Rick, I just delivered to the Jubits uh, right off I f- or the Jubits Inn right off I 5, and they were still selling the electronic cigarette. That's actually a good question. So, when does that. It is in effect now. It, as of, like, this yeah, instance? As in, effect yesterday. Oh, so this is... uh. Well, okay, I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble, so I'm just reading the text messages as it... I'm just relaying uh, the information. I'm right. a conduit I mean, only. not everybody knows how would they get the word out early. Well, although... Well, wait a minute. So, the Jubit's though, is that in Washington
3: or Oregon? That might be in Washington.
2: That might just be... That's... That's kind of just over the, the, the state line, no, isn't it? there's going to be nuts. smuggling going on here. Well, see, now I don't even know, because that's in that weird... The, the Jansen Beach is that weird nether area. Well, that,
4: well that's Oregon. Jansen Beach is Oregon because people come down from the hinterlands to buy Oregon lottery tickets here at that little store.
2: Boy, let me just say that. Have you gone to that Jubitz truck stop ever? That's I think f- I've been by it. That is, oh yeah, Lauren. I saw a whole thing about the uh, the world's seven greatest truck stops or something It's on the Discovery Channel. So we're just we're sort of suckers for uh, you know for the, the what uh, what Chuck Klosterman would call the uh, Americans low culture, and th- so we're huge fans of that. And last Thanksgiving we ended up going to the Jubitz truck stop for our Thanksgiving meal because it had been listed as the second greatest truck stop. I mean, it was only surpassed by something like some place in Spain or some mm-hmm. some damn country. The the but the Jubitz truck stop right here in Oregon, was ranked the second truck stop in all of planet Earth. And we went there, and it was, I mean, it was glorious. And the place just goes on for acres and acres and acres. You get the feeling they're eventually just going to build some sort of, you know, apartment complex right in the middle of that, so you never have to leave. Anyway, so I'm, I'm not advocating that you go by and buy yourself an electronic cigarette. It's apparently against the law. So today's a whole day of things that we're going to talk about, but not, strictly speaking, endorse, because that would be, uh, that'd be wrong. Here's
4: Tim
5: Riley.
2: We have a cornucopia of news stories, really.
4: A uh, controversy surrounding Lou Dobbs who's failed to increase his ratings. and the past couple of weeks, I don't know if you've been watching or not, but he's been rant, <laughs> yes, you about do. the birth certificate you, thing. You don't know if I've been watching or not. I mean, he's just been... Uh, I mean, it was like the BTN.
2: Yeah. Basically,
4: <laughs> he's been really going off the deep end about this uh, birth certificate thing, even after he
2: was proven wrong. And he claimed that he wasn't for it in the first place. Did you see the House? There was some House uh, resolution. They all voted 435 to nothing to acknowledge that Barack Obama was born in Hawaii. Yeah. Did you see Ann Coulter came out and called, this is really the canary in the coal mine. Well,
4: that's when I went upstairs last night when I knew that she was going to be on Larry King. I watched the first part. Ann
2: Coulter called all the birth certificate folks nut jobs. And so it's like the instant. Oh, I missed that part. No, see, that's why it's notable, though. Ann Coulter and uh, what's his guts? Bill O'Reilly, both in the space of like a day. Bill O'Reilly and Ann Coulter both referred to all the, you know, he doesn't have a birth certificate. Uh, people as being insane. So I mean, when you, look, which is like 99 percent of AM radio listeners, <laughs> attention, crazy folk. Uh, when you've lost Ann Coulter, you've you've lost. Period. There's 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 no going forward from there. So uh, let's see.
4: According to the Nielsen data, in recent weeks, as criticism of Mister Dobbs has continued to grow up, go up, his ratings have continued to plummet. So uh, they've been going down for the past several weeks. Ever since he jumped on this uh, birthers bandwagon, so wasn't he sane just a couple years ago?
2: Before, I mean, before the teeth, there was <laughs> there had to be something else in with that treatment. When, when there was, they, were, they made them out of some sort of uh, some sort of inappropriately rendered material that's leached into his brain pan. He does seem to have gone. I mean, it, and it seems to be. Look, it has nothing to do with his his political views as such. It's just that he's gone crazy. I mean, that's the thing. And not even really entertainingly crazy. It's just sort of... You know what Lou Dobbs sounds like? Lou Dobbs sounds like that old guy that, like, when you would go to see somebody in the hospital, there was always an old guy sitting in a chair somewhere in the hallway just talking out loud to nobody. But, like, in just sort of this endless stream of consciousness monotone that just kind of went on and 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 after a while, you didn't even hear it anymore. It was just like the low rumbling of a heating vent. It's background music while I'm cooking dinner with the overhead fan
4: on. I can hear it in the background.
2: You can just kind of hear a little more. All right. Let's do uh, one more here, and then we will uh, get caught up around the corner. Then there's Cash for Clunkers, and we're
4: now talking about Lou Dobbs' teeth. Apparently, this program is stalling because it's so successful. Uh, It looks like, although we don't have the figures in. By the way, Cash for Clunkers is still going on, despite all the reports to the negative. They have apparently uh, reached the $250,000 limit on the amount of cars being sold. But we'll find out later today. In the meantime, it is still going on. Uh, people who run car dealerships are, are more than pleased because sales are up everywhere. it
3: chaos. I mean, we delivered about, must have delivered about 40 cars off the program.
4: We got about 40 junkers waiting to be junked, actually. Uh, business has been great.
5: So this is,
2: they they burned through their whole billion dollars or whatever it was that was set aside. They think so, but, but there's
4: no final word on it. It looks that way so far.
5: Consumer confidence is definitely up, and I, and I, I don't think it's going to continue in this volume, but I think it'll be a lot more better than it was last year. There's no doubt in my mind.
2: Well, That's a New York card We, can, deal, by the we way. can only hope that it continues to be a lot more better. Break <laughs> you know, your legs. <laughs> well, there's no cash for learning. All right. Uh, coming up at 6 o'clock, well, I've seen a radio correspondent, Jim Rope. He'll talk to us about uh, the latest in uh, in all things Michael Jackson. Plus, they're doing the, Did you hear what they're Michael doing? Michael Jackson with? slept in his doctor's bed
4: on the last evening of his life. What? Just a tease. Oh, for the love of God!
6: This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. UFO the Rick Emerson show
5: They attacked me like a bunch of mad wolf and they just took forward. I thought I was gonna die because they were like rabbit animals.
6: The Rick Emerson show returns
2: live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. it is the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for coming by It's Friday July 31st, 2009 coming up at six o'clock a Radio Correspondent Jim Ruppel talked to us about... So Michael Jackson slept in his doctor's bed? Yes. Like in a, in a sexy way or in a in a I'm dead way? Or it's maybe a, both? It's uh, not stated. All right. Well, he's also going to be talking about the Emmys. So the Emmys, they're doing this great thing to save even more time. you think to save more time, they would just... Do more of that giving away stuff like earlier, like like the week before when nobody's around, mm-hmm. like in an empty like in an empty like in an empty room at the you know like at a, at a Sheraton or something, where you know where they just get like the they get the banquet hall at a Holiday Inn and they just say and uh, here in another category that no one cares about we give the award to and then they just do like the big ten or something. During the telecast. But I I don't know why. I think it must be just because it is the industry celebrating itself. That's why that show gets longer and longer every year. Because they're never going to cut time that they can spend talking about how great they are. But I guess they're going to be sort of time shifting it this year. Where they're actually going to be editing stuff out as the show goes on. So in other words, they're going to start the show, I think like 20 minutes early. Before it actually starts going out. Uh, you know, on television before the feed starts going out. And then they're actually, so it's like a TiVo or something. And then they're going to actually chop stuff out as they go that they deem not interesting enough to put on the air, which is sort of great. Um Anyway, so Jim Rupp will talk about that at 6. Ron Livingston of uh, Office Space, Band of Brothers fame, will be uh, with us at 6.20. And Aaron Duran from uh, Geek in the City at 7. Later on today, uh, Brian Bat from Mad Men. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley.
0: Yeah Wick Emerson Show's nonstop coverage of Hot Apocalypse 2009 continues. This is Tim Riley.
4: Good morning, everyone from the CBS News Center in Downtown Portland. It is now five forty-six. The highs today, I'm sorry to say, are going to drop back into the low nineties, which is nothing. Nothing uh, really. Bring back those hundred degree days. Now the weekend forecast calls for highs near ninety also and dropping back down to the eighties next week. Suffering Seniors Those at Vancouver's Lewis and Clark Plaza for old folks don't have air conditioning. It's been so unbearable that some have been staying outside until 3 a.m. Tenants used to have air conditioners. This year, they had to remove them because the windows can no longer support the weight. It turned out the building wasn't designed for air conditioning, but fans have been set up in the hallways.
2: I will say this. that We were joking yesterday about the—that I thought that maybe they were initially saying yesterday it was going to be 110, and then about two hours later they lowered that to 99 degrees, and we all kind of went, oh, that's so great, it's only going to be 99. And I think there's something to the idea that they did that just to quell any kind of civil unrest that may have been in the offing, because every single person I know— Said some variation. I'm like, I'm so glad it's only going to be 99 degrees today. That is just, excellent. 99 degrees is still d- damn hot. That oh, is, yeah. that is considerably unpleasant. But I think there was a big psychological boost given to us all by the fact that it was originally going to be th- like way over 100 degrees, and then they ratcheted that down, and everybody sort of relaxed a bit. I think they may have, I think they may have felt that we were uh, on the precipice of some sort of horrible civic disaster.
4: Oh, and this time of the day, by the way, is the best time. I know you can't do this all day, probably till like 10 or 11 this morning, the latest, to open up all your windows. And let it air out just a little bit.
2: Oh man, did you ever just if you ever done this? You'd wake up and you walk like you know, and even and I get you know, we got the air conditioning in, in the bedroom, but that's that's still only one room, and I can't really do the show from my house as of yet. It's not like I can at this point do the show from my bed, so I gotta you know, you get up and you walk out into the rest of the house, and even at like three thirty in the morning or something, it's just smothery and just thick, and the air is not moving. It's like you're in some weird sort of oxygen quilt. And do you ever just want to like lift up the roof of your house? Like, would give anything. You just want to be able to like lift the house off its foundation and move it over like a hat for a second, just to sort of let the air out, so you can start from scratch. Because it just seems like there's no way to get the hot air out. And so you're saying though, this is the best time to do it. Yes, right now. Well, that makes because sense. Actually, it doesn't start getting hot till around ten o'clock. And five p.m. is actually the hottest time yes. of day. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything peaks at five, so it makes sense that twelve hours later. So that's the furthest away you're ever going to get from the peak is in the five o'clock right. a m hour okay, and of course they've been saying all
4: week, and it's good advice to make make sure you close your curtains or drapes or shutters or whatever you have in the windows that are facing the south because that's where all the sun comes in
2: oh yeah no I see fortunately, I just keep you can always tell uh when Lara goes to work, you know she goes to work at around at around one thirty or two in the afternoon. And we have this whole, like, Mr. Rogers routine, where you can tell the instant she's gone to work, because, I mean, I, this is any time, any any month of the year, day or night, doesn't matter. As soon as she leaves, I just walk around the house from one window to another, just dropping the blinds and blocking out every, just as I, I do here. I never have
3: my blinds open. No. Ever. I, I always just, yeah, I always have them closed.
2: I See, it, it's just as I do here, you know, because the first thing I do when I walk into the studio in the morning is we have this big, thick blackout curtain that I put over the window in the studio so there's no natural light of any kind because I've just worked without her for so long, same thing at home. And I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if that comes from the fact that in radio, you just, you spend a lot of your life working weird hours or something. But the first thing I do when Laura goes to work is I just, I drop every single blind to block out all of the light, So I have no issue with that. So
4: Anderson Cooper talked more with his gal pal, Erica Hill, that's a lady he always talks to, who sits next to him, about his uh, Regis uh, television show appearance. Oh, when he asked what's her name from The Bachelorette, how many of those guys she humped? Uh Uh-huh. And uh, so they, they play a clip last night but what everyone missed was what Anderson Cooper said about right after she made her comment. He said, quote, I just threw up into my mouth a little bit. Awesome. So I, I think we have this clip here.
5: Oh, whoa, whoa, I'm shocked. I'm shocked.
1: Wait
7: a minute. Wait a minute. You're you Let's You, 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 no. no, you greased
2: <laughs> up this guy in oil on national TV. You're shocked at
5: that question? It was, this, it it was aloe vera. I don't really want to know, but. I kissed, I kissed um,
3: ten guys, but only four with tongue.
7: <laughs> you know what? I just threw up on my hands. Great.
1: Right. Yeah. I'll give you this, Anderson Cooper. What? Let's be honest. You ask the question everybody wants to know. All of these dating shows.
7: Well, I mean, on that show, and I don't watch it, but I watch the soup, so they 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 show all the best moments. Right. I mean they show her, you know, greasing people up and then it's and then like, like volcanoes erupt and you see the ocean moving and I so it seems like this is going on a lot. Well, on the you show. know,
1: let's be honest, this isn't the first she's not the first bachelorette or bachelor to be in those situations where you think there's a little more going on here than
6: we're seeing, yeah, which is I mean, fine. I really don't right.
2: want to see. It. And they're using—I mean, <laughs> what the hell was that? What that. I mean, I understand what it was, but I, I, I don't
0: know
7: why we chose is. that sound effect. I don't know but what great. that sound effect
3: means.
2: All right, so that was something that CNN added. Yes. I only wish Walter Cronkite had lived to see that moment. <laughs> I like it when they use the spring to represent the sound of the male member. Thank you, Anderson. uh, If you watch Anderson Cooper, and this is, and how weird is this? So now this is us distilling a soundbite of Anderson Cooper distilling something he saw in the soup, which is... Itself a distillation of something that was edited down from months of The Bachelorette into one episode of that show. Yes, which, that's, which, the way, which, that's the way pop culture works in this country, and which is then in turn being distilled down into his appearance on Regis and <laughs> Kathy Lee or Regis and Kelly. So I know um, people always say Kathy Lee; the, she's been gone for years. But I wonder what it's
4: always going to be called.
2: Just now, as I said that, I wondered if that was an old person thing to do, or and if I'm it's thinking, just who's a Kathy the, who's Lee the new one again. If, that's the thing. I think Kathy Lee just looms so large mm. that there's like you know what it is is that there is everybody who ever sits in that chair. Will be the new, you know, the new girl. Doesn't matter how long Kelly Ripa can be there for forty years, and she will still be the new girl.
4: Every just time that's... I talk about that show, I always stop with the name Regis because I'm not sure if I'm going to have
2: the the next one correct or not. The we had the chance to talk to uh, Kathy Lee Gifford. I think a few weeks ago weren't they pitching her for interviews a few weeks ago? I think so. And I just and as much as I love Kathy Lee Gifford and uh, and by love I mean uh, and strangely attracted to. I, we passed on that just because. What am I going to ask Kathy Lee Gifford? I, that was. I really struggled with that for about five or six minutes. I looked at it and I was staring at the words on the page. Would you like to interview Kathy Lee Gifford? I miss all her meltdowns. Oh, uh, she's how great. dare you? She's uh, that's see. She's like the Jack Parr uh, uh, of that show where she you never knew what day she was just going to go nuts and just have some flake out. But you know, with Kelly... that's when she took over the show from Regis, and I'm sure in the background he was very upset about that. Do you remember this? Do you, do you remember when that uh, what's her, his name Frank Gifford was getting it on with that woman? What was she like? She was like a, a...
4: oh, when the star paid somebody to uh, to go after him? I think it was a star.
2: But who was the woman that Frank Gifford was having an affair with? It was a it was like a it was like a um, it was a flight attendant or something, wasn't yeah. it? Um, anyway, and so it, it was a setup. And so, really, yeah, well, you, the whole thing was a setup. Do you mean that like by, they, by one of the tabloids? That they paid the woman to seduce Frank Gifford? Yes. <laughs> imagine, oh, being that given, is messed up. imagine being given that assignment. Uh-huh. Here's your assignment, Angels. I need you to seduce Frank Gifford. It was just kind of a big goof. I mean, just he I mean, was a, like
4: in his fifties or sixties, and it had seen his better
2: days. And just I a guess. just a big lummox, hayseed of a guy. So uh, I need you to have relations with Frank Gifford. Please do this now. Anyway, and then that woman, and then but what? But but the uh, but the flight She was in. She was in Playboy. Uh, sometime after that, and and not 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 a bad looking woman. I suppose. Sort of. Uh, I, I guess the sort that you would imagine Frank Gifford hooking up with. Was she a handsome woman? <laughs> um, I don't know. She was. She had a little. She had a little bit of a uh, not a Donna Rice, She had a little bit of a uh, Jennifer Flowers thing going on. You know, kind of like, kind of like a you know in. What is, that, what is that joke they make in primary? Like, if she was a porn star, her name would be Kashmir McLeod. That would, you know, just uh, too much blonde, too much everything. Speaking of handsome women, don't
4: you think Debbie Rowe looks like Jay Leno with
2: a wig? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, no, or Rutger Hauer with a wig. You know, like you sort of expect her to be, uh, you, ex- you expect her to be, uh, to be hanging out with Harrison Ford and or C. Thomas Howell. Uh, I mean, she's just a long chin with hair. <laughs> she kind of looks like an owl, too. Really, if you take a good long look at her. On that note, Uh, Jim Rope from CNN Radio will uh, talk to us about all things Jacksonian and the Emmys at the top of the hour. You stay right there.
0: This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland.
2: Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't forget, coming up at uh, 6.20, coming up at 6.20 today, right now, this instant, this hour, we are 13 minutes away from Ron Livingston of uh, Band of Brothers, Office Space Swingers of Fame. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com, and at 7.20, Brian Bat of Mad Men. At this instant, ladies and gentlemen, we welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles, CNN Radio correspondent to the stars and man of the world... Mr. James Roop. Hello. How are you today?
8: Woo-hoo. Hey, Friday, man. You going to rest that voice over the weekend?
2: Yeah, you know, rest is rest <laughs> is for the week, Jim. Rest is for other people. Understood. Is it a, I, I, I don't. you know, after all these years, I don't think I actually even know this. Is it a Friday for you or do you do you work like a Monday through Friday or is it just like, are you just, I assume you're always just there with your feet propped up on the desk like, a, you know, like a Dashiell Hammett character just waiting for the next story.
8: That's pretty much the case.
2: Excellent. In a fedora.
8: I would love to wear a fedora on a regular basis.
2: Well, you know what? Maybe you should make it your trademark. Well, I guess Matt Drudge's got that. Maybe, well, Dan Dan Rather's got, and Larry King got the suspenders thing. Maybe a loosened, there you go, necktie that sort of pulled down, shirt top, you know, unbuttoned a little bit, like Robert Loggia in *Jagged Edge*. You know, where you just sort of. Uh,
8: I got you, except the, the knot skewed slightly to the
2: left. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Because uh, because you know, and shirt sleeves every day. And like you've been, you know, like you've been up all night over a typewriter trying to knock out a report about some dame that walked in and smelled <laughs> smelled like mystery. All right. Um, hey, so explain to me what they're doing with the, with the Emmys this year, because we were making the point that it's too much, I guess, to expect that the show is going to be shorter as such. Because anytime you put television in charge of celebrating itself and talking about how great it is... The show's just going to be fifty hours long, but they, but they're doing some weird time shifting thing where they move they move space around or something.
8: yeah, it's like they're tivoing themselves they they will start the show early. It will still air at eight o'clock, but they'll start the show early and therefore be able to edit as it goes and cut down the long walks to the stage or cut down the time gaps between uh, um, the categories that are read. Any faux pas that may happen, they can get rid of that or anything that drags the show because there are expanded categories, and the show is going to be longer. So they're hoping they can move it along, thereby keeping the eyeballs tuned in to the thing because, I mean, the ratings have been in the crapper for the past several years. And last year, the worst ever, only 12 million people watching the Emmys last year. Well,
2: because you got to figure out the big three. You got the Oscars, you got the Emmys, you got the Grammys. It just seems the Emmys, and I'm not saying television's is uninteresting, but the Emmys seem like the least interesting of all those award shows because, like, what? Because what are you really, you know, what are you really hoping to see? There's nothing. There's, you know, with the Grammys, there's performances, and with the Oscars, you're getting stars of a, rightly or wrongly, that are viewed as being a certain caliber. You know, you're going to get your Brad Pitt or whatever, or your Clint Eastwood, and the Emmys are just sort of. You know, sort of there. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. What do you, what do you really watch in the Emmys to see? Like, what's going to be the big standout moment? And usually, the answer is like nothing. So yeah,
8: it 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 really is a problem uh, for uh, the TV Academy. Not only that, but the the attention span of, of people today, very, very short. I mean, we live in a microwave oven, fast food window society. We want the information. We want it now. Or we want the burger. We want it now. No one seems to wait for dinner anymore. So no one's going to wait through three hours of a broadcast to find out what the best drama and best comedy series are, which is really what everybody tunes in for. Right. But in these award shows, the top five are the top two categories.
2: You know what they ought to do? Here's what I'd watch. I'd watch if they took all the nominees and they fitted them with blood pressure cuffs. So I just, <laughs> as they were getting close to, and the Emmy for Best Outstanding Actress in a Drama goes to, just so you can look at it, you see like Mariska Hargitay or whatever her name is, and you can see her blood pressure going through the roof and her pulse at 5,000 beats a minute. That
8: and, and, or, and when it's announced, watch it, watch Six or, or four of the five just dropped to nothing.
2: <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. All right, uh, we're uh, dreadfully behind today, so I got to uh, bring the curtain down on this uh, this this affair. But as always, my friend, have a, a fantastic weekend. Be rested and well, and we'll talk to you next week, sir. Thank you so much. Jim Rope, ladies and gentlemen. All right, straight ahead, we will talk to actor. <clears throat> pardon me, Ron Livingston, Aaron Duran at seven, and more news from Tim Riley next hour. Brian Bat from Mad Men. You stay there. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Friday morning. Don't go anywhere
0: show in mere moments only on rock 101 kufo portland
2: live from beautiful downtown portland oregon it is the rick emerson radio program in the studios of rock 101 kufo it's 503-228 Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we want to welcome to the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Uh, of course, you know him from uh, Sex and the City, uh, Adaptation, Band of Brothers, uh, Office Space. Uh, Ron Livingston, his new show is Defying Gravity. It premieres Sunday, August 2nd at 9 p.m. on ABC. Let's welcome now to the show Ron Livingston. Hello, sir. How are you on this fine Friday morning?
9: Excellent, Rick. I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself?
2: I am uh, splendid, my friend. I, I have to tell you right out of the gate that Defying Gravity uses... One of my favorite plot devices—it has the small group of people in an enclosed space for a prolonged period of time, which I I love because just it seems like the dramatic uh, possibilities there are are endless as things unfold. Tell us about about your character uh, on Defying Gravity*.
9: Well, I play Maddox Donner. And he's a veteran of the space program, and he's, he's somebody that's got a little bit of a checkered file. Uh, The the show's set uh, 30 or 40 years in the future, and uh, at the time uh, that we go on this mission to the planets, uh, I had a a Mars mission in my past that kind of went south, and uh, I'm one of the guys that ended up taking the blame for that, so they sort of saddled me with a desk job. Um, but at the last minute, there's a medical problem that develops with one of the uh, one of the prime crew, and uh, and I'm, I'm sort of called back into service as an alternate.
2: So if you're playing a guy who had a Mars mission, as you put it in his past, who sort of went sideways, and you've been you've been benched, and then you have to get you in know, this billion uh, the mile mission in space, that's not a thing where you can go observe the guy who really had the bad Mars mission in real life to get your character. So how do you how do you create a character when you're playing somebody like that?
9: You know i do I, my, the first thing I did is I went back to all the astronaut stuff all the history and uh and uh did some reading up you know uh I think there's a lot of gus Grissom in the in the storyline I, I don't know if those of you remember uh you know your astronaut history uh you know, it's a smaller scale, but uh, there, was, there were a couple of missions where they, they lost a capsule and they weren't sure if, if it was Gus's fault. What, did he pull the lever? Did he not pull the lever? The thing sank to the bottom of the ocean. Nobody was hurt, but, uh, you know, I, there's a little bit of that in there, so you read about some of those stories. The other thing, I got to go down to Kennedy and watch one of the launchers and sort of tag around and ask a bunch of questions and, and uh you know the NASA people are very helpful. Part of their part of their job is uh, is education. So, uh, you know, if you can find somebody on a on a on a break time, they'll they'll uh, they'll generally let you pick their brain.
2: That's got to be one of those moments where you're walking around, and you just sort of you know you're at NASA and you're watching a launch where you have to step back and go, oh, this is. Awesome! I'm at NASA, about to watch you know, a launch.
9: That's that's half the reasons I do some of these jobs. To be honest <laughs> with you, it's like okay, so I get to go do that. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to go do that.
2: We're talking to uh, actor Ron Livingston. Another moment like that probably is you know you had a really a once in a lifetime opportunity when you were part of a band of brothers, and just just an amazing uh, experience. I would imagine. What is when you look back at making that miniseries? What was the the, the what's the enduring memory for making Band of Brothers?
9: You know that group of guys. Uh, was uh we still see each other you know those guys those guys still make up a lot of my best friends um it's we got a way on that show that you don't usually get that tight with people in show business uh usually you know you know people for a couple of months and you move on you meet a new 50 people you meet a new 50 people and you might keep one or two friends from each, each job banner brothers uh you know we still have reunions every year and uh I don't know. Sometimes it, it it may look a little cheesy to outsiders, but uh, I think it was a that was a big uh, big part of our lives, and uh, you know, you, you kind of yeah, I don't know. You want to you want to hang on to a piece of that.
2: We're talking back to Ron Livingston, and actually, uh, my uh, producer Sarah Dillon has a uh, I believe a Sex and the City question. Yes, for Yes, yes,
3: I do. So, you do you back ever back get uh, angry women approaching you on the street, or you know, in restaurants or whatever, um, being mad at you for your character, you know, playing Jack Burger and breaking Carrie's heart?
9: Not so much anymore, you know what It was like that It was really ugly for uh, for about a month. I felt like I had to leave New York, but uh, it kind of quickly turned around uh, women are funny that way, I think uh, you know the first month, they want to kill the guy that that dumped their friend and then after that they want to date the guy that <laughs> dumped their friend, so.
2: on uh, on a somewhat related note yeah i mean you've got to be you 've got to be one of those guys where people come up. Uh, and I would imagine, especially from Office Space, and are like always kind of like shouting stuff at you or saying stuff at you. What is the, what is the most frequently uh, heard phrase in your vicinity from a, you know a guy who walks up and wants to say something to you from a movie?
9: You know, honestly, I don't get too much of that. My the, anybody that's like a fan of my stuff, uh, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to say it, but they they tend to be cooler than I am. You know what I mean? <laughs> like uh, somebody will come up, they'll just be like, "Hey, man, I just you know want to say I really." Uh, really like your work, you know, and uh, like some friends of mine, you know, we were, we, I was, we were working in office jobs, and, you know, now I'm writing a novel, and and, and I'm like, you're writing a novel? Wow, I wish <laughs> I could
2: write a novel, you know? When you were, was it as fun to, and that fun sounds like a, such a trite word to use, but watching Office Space, there does seem to be such a cohesive, singular vision to that movie. Was was it as enjoyable and fun to make that movie
6: as it, as it is to watch?
9: It was, and that's all Mike Judge. I mean, Mike's, Mike's brilliant, uh, and he not only kind of brings that kind of cohesive vision to it uh, the fact but the fact that it started off as kind of an animated short you know called milton i 'm sure right. you can find it on the web somewhere meant that like all the little characterizations were he'd kind of already planned them all out you know you could you could see him uh, plus he was a great guy to. Like, he, he, he wasn't a control freak. You know, he had a, he had a really strong vision, but he'd kind of let you take something and run
2: with it. Excellent. And, uh,
9: um, yeah, he, he, that, that's his genius, man.
2: All right, the uh, new show is Defying Gravity. It premieres Sunday, August 2nd, 9 p.m. on ABC. Ron Livingston, thank you, my friend. Best of continued success in all things, sir. Hey, thanks a lot, Rick. Take right, care, man. Thank you. There you go. That is uh, Ron Livingston, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So there you go. Greg, if you want to... Uh... Check with him, make sure that all, is a hunky dory. Excellent. That very was cool. awesome. That guy was very cool. I, uh, he, has, you know, the thing about that he's, guy. He
3: talks exactly how he acts.
2: That is exactly what I was going to mm-hmm. say. Is he is, you know, I would say he's just like his characters, but he, but he sounds exactly, you know, because a lot of times you talk to, uh, uh you know, an actor, not, not good or bad, it's just they're very different and it's, your brain has to adjust. But he does, he has that kind of everyman thing going on in it, you know, in, like all the way back to, like, even to swingers, he had that where he's like, he is sort of he is sort of the regular Joe. Uh, well the way he was talking
3: say. he was saying lines from like from things that you've seen him in. Where he's just like, "I don't know, man." Like it sounded and yeah. that's totally <laughs> that's from totally office, space. office space. It was weird.
2: Would you be interested in any profit sharing and he does that, "I don't know. I" Awesome. All right, Uh, coming up at 7 o'clock, Aaron Geek and the City Duran will join us today with the Week in Geek. At 7.20, Brian Batt from Mad Men. He plays Salvador Romano on the uh, upcoming third season of Mad Men at 8 o'clock. Dax Holt, and uh, at some point today we'll do uh, True Blood Predictions uh, for this coming Sunday. We also got a pair of tickets to see Star Wars in concert. We'll give away uh, before the top of the hour. Keep listening. Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Friday morning.
1: The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO the rick emerson show live or via podcast at kufo.com what's
3: next are people gonna start having sex with ducks when can that start
2: From beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program Thank you for joining us Coming up at 7 o'clock Aaron Geek in the city Duran at the weekend Geek Brian Batt from Mad Men Coming up in the 7 o'clock hour Dax Old from TMZ at 8 o'clock And uh, predictions about this coming uh, episode Of True Blood this Sunday At the news desk Your personal savior Tim Riley.
0: The Rick Emerson Show's non-stop coverage Of Hot Pocalypse 2009 continues This is Tim Riley.
4: Good morning, everyone, from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. It is now 6:40. Today's high will drop into the low 90s. The weekend forecast calls for highs near 90, dropping back into the 80s early next week. Oregonians just can't drive 55. The state leads the nation in speeding deaths. Records show nearly half of 426 traffic deaths last year were from speeding. It also costs the economy 700 million dollars a year.
2: Sorry. Was this with the obligatory speed kills headline? Yes. Please. All right.
4: Harmful sunshine. Women, beware. Women especially need to take extra steps to cover their exposed skin. Experts claim vitamin C is helpful. Apply it directly to your skin. It can help
2: reverse the damage caused by the sun. Sarah, I think you're underestimating the effect that a burqa might have in preserving your, uh, your girlish and fair uh, uh, appearance.
3: I must not show any skin. That's right.
2: Cover yourself, woman.
3: A 31-year-old woman
4: is charged with stabbing her boyfriend. Uh, make that ex-boyfriend. At Pioneer Courthouse Square yesterday afternoon around noontime, the two were having a spat until Crystal Terry won by allegedly pulling a knife. She faces a charge of first-degree assault.
2: you think if you're dating a girl who you know just sort of carries a knife around with her that you would know not to, quote, spat with her. Mm-hmm. That would be a sort of, uh, that would be some information you keep in the back of your mind.
4: Yes. Meanwhile, e cigarettes have been banned in Oregon. Yes, it's a brand new deal happened yesterday. Attorney General John Kroger says they're not FDA approved and may be
2: dangerous. You know, but there's all kinds of things that aren't FDA approved. See, this is the thing. It doesn't make any sense to me because unless nicotine is like a controlled substance, which it might be. But I don't really know what that means. They say some things are controlled substances, but I don't really know the definition of that. But you look at, like, uh, you go to the uh, the store, and there's, you know, what is it, that there's that aisle at, like, every supermarket where there's all the hippie, homeopathic crap. And it just says, you know, this this substance has not been evaluated by the FDA. there's not, It's not diagnosed to, it's not the, the, what is it, it is not recommended to treat or cure or prevent any disease. So it's like with all the, like, the zinc stuff or whatever. So there's all kinds of stuff the FDA doesn't approve. I don't know why I'm all bent out of shape about this. I, I'm taking the e-cigarette ban personally like I was ever going to buy another one or use it or anything. I think it's well, sort of I need
3: be- to buy another one because well, I still have all the cartridges and stuff.
2: Oh wait, so you still get all the all I the stuff? Everything. It's just the cigarette itself. Just
3: the cigarette itself. I have the charger. I have all the refillable like cartridges and stuff. I just don't have the cigarette.
2: Well, you clearly need to get to Jubitz, uh, Sarah, because they're moving them out right there. I would imagine also. I mean, I don't swear to this. It seems likely that they're going to keep selling those at Lloyd Center because that seems to be a place that's sort of off the uh, that's off the off grid a little bit. <laughs> I mean, that's really, I life is so cheap in that place anyway that I you know who, what do they care? So I would uh, I'd go check that out. Meanwhile, let's get back. Did anybody see that uh, video of the boy who stole the automobile? No. Wait, is this the seven-year-old? Yes. I saw the story, but I didn't know. I read the story online, but I didn't know there was a video that went with it.
4: Yeah, there was a video with it. It was all over the Internet uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. So uh, the Dad apparently has gone on the uh, the NBC Today show, which I didn't know was still on. Well, apparently it is. So he talked about the uh, boy's joyride and the fact that he may have to be punished. Oh, Hold on a minute. Due to the fact that we had interviews, I turned off my uh, speakers here. Let me undo this. Now the boy will be punished for this joyride.
1: Grounded to my room for four days. No TV, no video
2: games. And also I can't take the Escalade out this weekend. He's from Plain City,
4: Utah.
0: You know, we see him go through those stop signs and it could have been a a, a tragedy. Not only for him, but for somebody else. And and I can't imagine having to say I'm sorry to somebody else for... My son doing this.
2: Well, I suppose. What can
4: you do? High Rocks and Clackamas are proving popular with those trying to beat the heat. But there's a downside to this throng of merrymakers. One man remains hospitalized after somebody jumped on his neck. Three other people have suffered spinal injuries
2: at mm-hmm. High Rocks. Is it the idea of somebody jumping on your neck? I'm... That's <laughs> so unpleasant. I can't even say it without laughing, though, because I... So they're, they're in Clackamas. When you say High Rocks, this isn't like a cliff, though. I haven't been there personally. I mean, what what sort of High Rocks? It's it, known as High Rocks. Did you go to... Was that where you were you at the other day? Were you at the Clackamas River? Or was that where you were supposed to go yesterday and then didn't?
3: I was supposed to be on the Clackamas River yesterday. I didn't. But I went to the Sandy River the day before
2: yesterday. I think it, Greg was saying that the Clackamas River is just full of yehoos. Uh, all, just, all of
3: the rivers are. Yeah,
2: I, mean, I the, quoted him as saying... It's full of meatheads. <laughs> really? was that, is that Greg that, Nibbler's that quote? That's a Greg Nibbler quote. <laughs> it's right here in my notes, Mr. Bradley. All right, Greg, do we have uh, his microphone up over there? Yes, my own. Yes, right. uh, it's actually meatheads and methheads. All right, okay. Meatheads so, and methheads. So, when we, when we hear about people, quote, jumping off of tall rocks in the Clackamas River, what kind of rocks are we talking about? Are these these aren't cliffs or are these rocks like out jutting out in the middle of the, the river? What is the deal?
7: Yeah, depending on where it is. I mean, they're like 10 to 15 feet, you know, maybe at the, at the most.
2: Enough but, to break somebody's neck. Yeah, enough to break somebody's neck, especially if you're an idiot and you dive in head first, see, which most of them do. See, and that's my thing. So, it, it's not that the guy dove in head first and broke his own neck. It's that he dove in
3: and broke somebody else's
2: neck. Yeah, but as you said, it's only ten feet. Away. It's not so another. It's not like you're up, like you're in Acapulco, and the guy's a a fly speck, and you can't see him. He's right there. He's ten feet away. So it's
3: probably someone trying to scare their friend. Hey
2: Bob, check out this out. Won't this be well? I think probably mission accomplished. Then hold on, it You're listening for a cracking noise.
4: Jesus. All right. Meanwhile, four children who ran away from the small town of Sheridan, that's where the federal prison is, are being looked for by Yamhill County deputies. Well, they found them. The Department of Human Services took the children into protective custody after allegations surfaced of misconduct affecting the children. They were placed in another foster home. They walked into a grocery store and suddenly ran away on foot. Sheriff Crabtree down there said the <laughs> children took off on their own.
2: Is his name really Sheriff Crabtree? Sheriff Crabtree. Sometimes I can't tell when we're in like actual reality and when we've slipped into some sort of weird uh, alternate reality where everything is filtered through like a Simpsons episode. Well,
4: leave it to the Japanese. Did you know that there, there are Japanese astronauts?
2: I was trying to make some sort of a joke of, like,
4: cosmonauts. That's a
3: strange phrase.
2: No, I was, I was, you know, there's, like, there's astronauts and cosmonauts, and I was trying to make something, like, whatever the Japanese equivalent of that would be, and then my I, my linguistic ability failed me just there. I didn't know. Here's, here's a question. A, I don't, I, I didn't know that there were Japanese astronauts. B, we never heard any follow-up on that business of how Russia went to the moon uh, years ago. Yeah, that disappeared.
4: See? Nobody acknowledged that ever happened. Yeah. Except for the British. I read some... Ar- provided evidence. <laughs>
2: the I read the some- government provided evidence and we just chose to ignore it. <laughs> I mean, The it's, date has come and gone. I mean, it's insane. I mean, there's like Soviet moon stuff on, you know... The moon, and like nobody talked about it. It freaks me out. It, it, what freaks me out more is when we have a story like that that surfaces for just a second and then vanishes. Like That's way more unnerving than when a story's never covered at all. But you can find it in the recycle bin if you want to see it again. <laughs> that's where
4: it vanishes, too.
2: It's I'm the only one talking about it. It goes into the recycle bin when I'm done with it. We'll see Bill Curtis someday. This story was unearthed near Tim's knees in the trash bin. The, it's like, the, the go-to example that I always use, it's like after 9-11... That story that came out about how what's his name who's the the, the lead uh, uh, the lead hijacker guy Muhammad Atta mm-hmm. That story came out like three days after nine eleven where like they found his passport like singed but still legible in an alleyway in New York like no one of the, the, the we know that it was this guy because we found his passport mm-hmm. in an alley is a bouquet of flowers he intended for his girlfriend and and a note saying I did it you bastards and, so that story came out. Which seemed just wildly implausible, Mm -hmm. if not flat out impossible. And then the story was just gone like a day later, and no one ever reported it again. And so, you know, I'm not, not, you know, the crazy or some conspiracy guy. Like it was on, like it was reported on the news. It was on CNN. They found his passport in an alleyway. And then, like, a day later, go search for that story, gone. Story, nowhere. That's like that thing with the Soviet uh, moon landing stuff being up on the, the Sea of Tranquility or something. So there is a Japanese space program. Well, kind of. They they take part in ours and the Russians.
4: This Japanese astronaut who landed today, who was aboard the space shuttle in Denver, in Denver, Endeavor, <laughs> had been living in orbit for more than four months and agreed to participate in an experiment that you may consider to be gross. Kayochi Wakata wore a new high-tech <laughs> wait, underwear for wait, weeks. Who is that? Kayochi Ataha <laughs> wore a new high-tech underwear for weeks without changing it and didn't even tell his fellow astronauts and uh, my uh, station crew members never complained uh, for about a month then. Uh, So I think the
2: experiment went fine. Hold on, can we we back this up for a second? Sarah, do we have the... uh... (laughs) Hold on, do we have the haiku bed? All right, hold on a second. Let's try this again. We'll uh, we'll try this with the proper, uh, with the trouble, aural accompaniment. All right. The Japanese astronaut
4: landed today aboard the space shuttle in Denver. What's his name? (laughs) He may have been living in orbit. You have
3: this obsession with Denver.
4: I know, I really do. I've never been... He had been living in orbit for more than four months and agreed to participate in an experiment some people might think is gross. Ayachi (laughs) Wakaf wore new high-tech underwear for weeks without changing it or telling his fellow astronauts. I wore it for about a month, and uh, my uh, station crew members never complained uh, for about a month, and uh, so I think the experiment
2: went fine. It went. The, here's the best part about it is he's saying the experiment went fine, and then he's cut off at the end and never gets to finish the sentence. But you have to remember the, those astronauts, especially
4: the ones that went to the moon. I mean, they had to uh, do whatever they had to do in their suits. So the first thing that Mike Collins said when he opened the hatch to let them back in after the lunar module came back was, "You guys stink." Is that true? And, and then they they put them together in this look like
2: this little tiny trailer. For, like, another week so they could just sit there and smell each other. <laughs> a hot metal tube. So, the, the, uh, wait a minute. How long was the moon landing, like, from beginning to end, from liftoff on Earth to, to, to splashdown? Was it a day? Well, the, the, the entire moon landing, it was, like, like from the minute days. they left Earth to the minute they got back. It was, like, five back. days. So, wait, this is it five days of uh, releasing... There's no uh, bathroom up there. Releasing their waste did their suit? I, I guess did. I only thought about the number one. I never thought about the other. But it is right there. Well, to... it is
4: the downside to space travel.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's very seldom discussed. Look, uh we've got a bit of a mixed bag for you. You're going to be in space and you're going to walk on the moon. You will be covered in poo while this happens. Yes or no, please. Please choose now. All right. Uh it is 503 2284101 and and actually uh, this is a great opportunity here. I'm going to tie all this together. Watch how I do this. Watch the ease with which uh, the conflation takes place. So we just had this story about, what was the astronaut's name, Tim? The uh, Japanese astronaut? Hitoshi Wakaha. So, in honor of his glorious whatever he did, uh, we're going to be giving away, don't call yet, we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to see Star Wars. See what I did there? In concert. Star Wars in concert. The uh, uh, tickets go on sale uh, uh, this Saturday for the show October 14th. You can get them at Comcastix.com. But we will give these away to caller number 10, provided, provided you can perform on the air, a radio-safe haiku about this man's uh, wearing of the same underwear for 30 days. If you can perform a radio-safe haiku about this astronaut wearing the same underwear for 30 days, you, my friend, will win these tickets. It's 503-228-4101. Uh, coming up next hour, Brian Bat from Mad Men. Coming up at the top of the hour, Aaron Duran from Geek in the City. Stay there. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon.
1: This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
0: KUFO Portland.
2: Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us. It's Friday, July 1st. I'm sorry, July 31st of 2009. Coming up this hour, Brian Batt, who plays Salvador Romano on Mad Men. He'll be joining us at 7.20. Aaron Geek in the city Duran is uh, here. We're actually going to speak to Aaron later on in the hour. Here's the thing I didn't know. I didn't realize uh, until just moments ago. Although I guess you read it uh, yesterday, Aaron's got a big feature article out in the Portland Mercury. It's
3: a huge full-page article, and it's well-written and hilarious. And it's about the, Aaron uh, did a great job.
2: It's about the world, it's like uh, gaming and so yeah, it's forth.
3: it's About uh, the world of Dungeons and Dragons, and about like uh, the hot chicks who play
2: it. I it mean, it's about the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I'm trying to do the, what, is, what does he do at the beginning of the cartoon? Thief and acrobat.
3: I have no idea.
2: Never mind. Let's forget I did that just now. It's 503-228-4101. So we have uh, Brian Batt from Mad Men. It's 7.20. That's this hour. We have Aaron Duran coming up later on in the hour. He'll talk about his article in Portland Mercury, and we'll do the Week in Geek. Dax Holt from TMZ at 8 o'clock. Tim Riley, what headlines are we following for the good people of Portland, Oregon? Close to 150,000 cars
4: have been sold in cash for clunkers, probably even more. Residents of a Beaverton apartment complex were told to remove their air conditioners. Beaverton Seniors were told to remove theirs. I should say, this is a Vancouver senior complex. Told to remove theirs at a complex months ago. Michael Jackson reportedly spent his last night alive in his doctor's bed. His cook is making the talk show rounds with a big smile.
2: Of course. As is is everyone. The the
4: first thing on Larry King, you see her last night. Here's Michael Jackson's cook and a big grin. She was there the day he died. (laughs) It was the happiest day
2: of her life. All right. Let's uh, do this. All right. Do we have our uh, haiku bed? All right. So we had, uh, just moments ago, we had this uh, fantastic news story. What was the name of the uh, Japanese astronaut, Tim? His name is Haiku Takamonko. You're bluffing. I am because I uh, I already recycled the coffee. That's uh, fine. Don't worry about it. Let's welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Is this, uh, let's see, caller 10, is this uh, Aaron? Hello? Yeah. Hello. Hey, hey Aaron. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, Alright, so are you prepared to present a radio-safe haiku regarding this fine Japanese astronaut and his wearing of the same pair of underwear, apparently a you'll forgive the pun, space-age pair of underwear for 30 days. Are you prepared to give us that haiku in exchange for a pair of tickets to see Star Wars in concert? Yes. Alright, Sarah, do we have the uh, the appropriate bed? Alright, there we go. Alright, Aaron, please now to be giving us your space haiku.
9: Alright. He wears dirty undies. Nobody noticed his stink.
0: Mission was success.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. I'd like to uh, extend my hearty congratulations on taking an ancient art form and making it into something that can convey your thoughts on underwear in space. It really is, uh, it really is a thing that makes me, uh, makes me proud to be here in Portland. All right, you are going to go see Star Wars in concert at Saturday, uh, October 14th at the Rose Garden. Tickets go on sale this weekend at Comcastix.com, but uh, you've just won yourself a pair. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you. All right, thank you for listening. You spread the word. I'm going to put you back on hold. All right, there you go. And Greg will uh, make sure we get all your information. Awesome. splendid. All right. It's uh, 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, we have Brian Batt from Mad Men later on this hour. Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com. Dax Holt from TMZ coming up. And later on, we'll do our uh, predictions for this Sunday's episode of True Blood. You stay there. The Rick Emerson Show is live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Friday morning
0: is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts with millions. They're
4: scowling goose dip commies. That's what freaks me out about them. Sour pusses. Call
6: 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show returns.
2: Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us. Coming up in just a few moments, we have Brian Batt from Mad Men. He plays Salvador Romano. We will talk to him uh, in uh, just a few minutes here at 7.20. We have Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com. He's going to be with us later this hour. He'll talk about his uh, feature article, which is in this week's Portland Mercury. hit the uh, newsstands yesterday. And at 8 o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley.
0: And show's nonstop coverage of Apocalypse 2009 continues. This is Tim Riley.
4: Good morning, everyone, from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. It is now 7:16. 16 Highs today will drop into the low 90s. Weekend forecast calls for temperatures near 90 degrees, dropping back down to the 80s early next week. Air conditioning is a hot topic everywhere. Uh, we really don't need it for more than a couple of weeks during the summer, really, here in the Portland metro area. And some people are trying to keep as cool as they can. But tenants at the Arwood Creek Complex in Lower are complaining. Uh, They say that they got a little note from the landlord that they had to take out their air conditioners. Uh, Some of them did. I got a little note from uh, one tenant there. We'll call him Irving. It said in the middle of the heat, the manager was telling tenants to remove their air conditioners because they don't meet compliance. It said if you have an air conditioner in the window, the filler must be plexiglass, and nothing else. So they told them to remove them, and the management company that owns it say it's a misunderstanding, but a lot of people are getting hot under the collar about it. What can uh, a tenant do if they've been banned by the landlord? Very little, apparently.
2: So is this when you say they're not up to standard? Is this like the the, the air conditioners are too old or something, or like the way that they're mounted in the they're mounted in like the window or? It says the filler must be plexiglass
4: and nothing else. So what's around the window can cause a liability problem because of leaking water, and it can create mold. It doesn't sound like much, but, I mean, it can escalate into something. And the question is, who pays for the damage if that happens? So, I mean, it makes sense in a little bit. It's an emotional issue. And legally... The landlord would usually win in court.
2: Well, this seems like one, Tim says, with no small amount of happiness.
4: (laughs) But I I will tell you, I I checked my email. I got uh, an email from my tenant saying that uh, the little house that they're renting from me is cool because I did not trim the big oak tree this year. So they should be
2: happy. I don't. I know this is a terrible thing to say, but every time you talk about one of your tenants, I picture you looking like um, Snidely Whiplash or something, or like that. What is it? HR Penny Packer got that guy from the Monopoly game, <laughs> where you're sort of you've like whenever it's like whenever you leave here and go to visit your tenants in like Timonia or whatever it is, you, you've got a huge handlebar mustache suddenly. And, you, and a monocle, and you're just sort of, how may I help you? And then she says, oh, but Mr. Riley, we're going to be late with the rent. There is no late with the rent. There is only you moving out. Well, there is a slight fine if that <laughs> happens. Not well, because
4: course. I want to do it to be mean. It's because the bank would put that charge on me. I am simply passing
2: the cost along, Not to be mean, mind no, you. No, Tim, it's just the way that our capitalist society works. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Nothing uh, wrong with that. No, to do otherwise, Tim, would be communism.
4: Speaking of socialism, I <laughs> I actually heard... That That's going to be our new segment, Speaking of Socialism, with Tim Riley. Last night, during the CNN News, some Texas politician gets up in front of the audience and says, with a straight face, that Canada's socialized insurance, or socialized medicine kills one in five patients. <laughs> he said it with a straight face, and nobody questioned it. Really? So one 20... in five Canadians is being killed by their socialized medicine. Their and that healthcare? could happen here.
2: Yes. Their healthcare industry kills 20% of the people in yes. Canada. Mm-hmm. That's what this Texas politician said. Well, the good news is apparently by the end of the week, then Canada will be empty. We can just uh, move Texas up there.
4: I mean, it has fewer people than California. Speaking of Texas, a Texas man charged with carrying false police identification said he never claimed he was a cop. Uh, Richard Monsoor is out on $25,000 bail after police arrested him for allegedly showing a badge that looked like an authentic Joshua police badge and identifying himself as an investigator for a group called, quote, and I'm quoting here, victims who kick your ass, unquote. (laughs) This guy claimed he he founded a group and he needs a badge in order to investigate pedophilia.
9: It's a legal badge and they took it away from me and put me in jail for it. (laughs) And that's terrible. It's a big mistake.
2: Local toothless
4: rube Earl Wiggins had this to say. Richard Monsoor, who founded the group called, quote, victims who kick your ass, unquote, (laughs) are investigating reported pedophile cases in Texas.
10: I am. I'm the founding president. I'm the president.
2: I wonder who the. Uh, I don't really want to hear from. I want to hear from the secretary. I want to know who the secretary of the group is. Meanwhile, neighbors
4: say Richard Monsoor has made many unusual claims about himself.
2: He's told us that he that he uh, that he's in the FBI and the CIA. And...
8: Um, he said he was in the KKK and very proud of it.
2: Good God Almighty! Where, where exactly did this take place? This happened in Joshua, Texas. Joshua. All right. So he's the founder of Victims Who Kick Your Ass. That's correct. Uh, they're a splinter group. And
4: they, too, are against that socialized Canadian <laughs> medicine that kills one in five Canadians.
2: <laughs> I, uh, that's like that. There was that s- statistic that came out some years back where they were talking about, uh, you know, the homelessness in America, you know, which is a, r- a real problem. But some guy said, you know, there are 5,000 people an hour that die of homelessness. And somebody calculated if that were true, like in a day and a half, the country would just be dead. All of us would be dead. It would just be like the stand. One in five I'm just going to start saying one in five everything. doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to, the, the one in five is going to be our new statistic. Just like Joseph Scruzz is going to be our go to name. Good God Almighty. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk.
4: It is amusing, isn't it? Yes, it is, Tim. Well, we'll get back to, oh, we have uh, Michael Jackson Chef coming up in just a little while. But first, this story from Washington County. A man there found out why a prescription is needed for Viagra. He called 911 and asked why, uh, why? Why do you need medical assistance? Well, the man says I just took two Viagra pills. Well, not just took. Uh, I've had an erection for four days. I'm feeling really sick. He had some side effects as well. He admitted to the operator that he bought the blue pills off the street oh, in good. Washington County. How old is this guy? I'm looking here. I, I don't have his age. He was already a, other under under uh, two other prescriptions: one for depression, the other for bipolar disorder. <laughs>
2: It seems like there's some joke here using bipolar. We're on the streets of Washington County. Do you find somebody selling Viagra on the street? I really don't know the answer to that. I I will tell you this uh, that I uh, I take this uh, sleeping pill. It's not a secret. I take this sleep, sleeping pill called Trazodone. And when you're at the pharmacy, <clears throat> when you're at the pharmacy and you're getting the prescription fill for Trazodone, mm-hmm. and it was a it was a female uh, pharmacist. So there's this long awkward conversation we had have Where she goes, and I, I can't use that. I, I won't go, on, go into detail about this. But she says um. Now, um, a small number of men who take trazodone, they will find um, that they experience a state of, and then she described the state, if this lasts for more than two days, you really want to go to a hospital because otherwise a gangrenous effect can set in. And at that moment, I was just, I looked down and I realized I was doing the thing, drawing, you know, further and further into myself. All right. It's 503-228-4101. It is the Rick Emerson program on Rock 101. KUFO, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. And now, without further ado, ladies and gentlefolk, he plays Salvatore Romano on the television series Mad Men. The new season premieres Sunday, August 16th on AMC, and season two was just released on DVD. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson show, Mr. Brian Bat. Hello, sir. How are you on this fine Friday morning? Hello.
10: I'm fine. I'm fine. It's beautiful here in sunny Los
2: Angeles. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you for being part of really one of the most exceptional programs uh, that is on, on television right now. It's, it's, it is quite unlike anything else, and I have to ask, just on behalf of you, know, we're all such huge fans of Mad Men here on the show. Is that set as beautiful-looking in real life as it is on television? I mean, do you walk on the set and just,
6: does it take your breath away?
10: It is, it is quite astounding. Um, Dan Bishop does our sets and Amy Wells does the set decoration and it, they, they, they're just perfectionists and literally you walk onto the set and you're in Sterling Cooper. That big bullpen with all the secretaries and the typewriters and the fluorescent lighting it, and all the doors that go off into different offices is, is exactly how you see it. The uh, offices all can deconstruct. Walls come out so the cameras can get in. It's just a brilliant set design. Is,
2: is, has that show, uh, has Man- Mad been influenced your own personal style in some way, maybe the way you dress or how your house looks. Is that you've found that it's infiltrated kind of your own tastes and things?
10: You know, white um, when Mad been hit. Uh, I think there was a trend towards dressing up a little more, and then when it hit, um, the whole you know sharp dressed man, the man in the gray flannel suit look, came back in uh, tenfold. Um, uh, we did the benefit of uh, a promotional thing for Bloomingdale's and. Uh, that you know, men are coming in wanting to look. They want to have the more fitted suit, the skinnier tie, the cufflinks, the tie bar, everything that goes with it. I think it evokes an era where people, you know, really, really dressed up, and I think that's kind of cool. I think it's great. You know. Who, what for a night on the town
2: you know, it's kind of great we're talking to Brian Batt from uh, Mad Men the new season premieres Sunday August 16th you've done some some film and some television in the past uh, and the, mostly as a stage actor um, how did the leap into Mad Men happen how did, how did that all come together for you
10: well, you know, it took, I'll make it as quick as possible. I'm from New Orleans, and um, I lived in New York for years and years and years, and then uh, my partner and I opened up a store in New Orleans in 2003 called Hazelnut. It's uh, a gift to home furnishings and a design shop. Uh, we were away when Hurricane Katrina hit and couldn't get back, and my godchild um, boarded up our house, boarded up our store. My mother's flight was canceled, so she took our car and drove my mother to Texas. So in a sense she saved the store, the house, my mom, and the car, not necessarily in that order. Um, and we just, how do you repay? Someone like that. So we decided to take her to Paris. She'd never been out of the country. Made the plans for the trip. And uh, right in the middle of the trip, My audition for Mad Men came up right before we were leaving. And for the first time in my life, I said, No, I'm choosing life over show business. So I turned down my first audition. And when I got back, uh, they said they hadn't found who they wanted for the role. I went in and read for Matt Weiner, the creator of the show, and Alan Taylor, the director of the pilot. And that was it. I had one audition and I got it. So it's one of my favorite little stories about auditioning and also kind of being true to yourself at the same time.
2: That is just, that is uh, the definition of, of serendipity. I think it's just and and I actually want to touch on something you have a, a great quote that I read and I'll, I'll actually do, I'm, uh, I'll read this here. You said uh, you were talking about how uh, there was a certain time when an agent told you if you want to play a straight role, uh, you you don't come out. And you said this is before Ellen DeGeneres to come out. And your quote here is fantastic. It says quote Now I couldn't give a rat's ass. It's normal to be gay. End quote. And you're playing Salvatore in, on Mad Men, who's obviously in a very different mindset, a very different uh, place, you know, emotionally as a person. What do you draw on as an actor to show someone living? under such uh, oppressive circumstances?
10: Well, I think in, in anybody's life, at some point in their life, they try to fit in. Not everybody at some point in their life feels like an outsider. And you, you, you try to fit into that mold. Um, you know, whether it's your teen years, your 20s, some people do it their whole lives, which is very sad. Um, I just, uh, I drew on that. I also drew on, I, I talked with men who, who were ad execs and art directors in that time and lived through it, who were, who were gay, who ended up getting married, having families, and then realizing they could not live the lie. So I, I did that research. It was, you know, it's also, it's, it's very, very, Interesting to play the character because, you know, he's clearly gay to a modern audience, but in the world of Mad Men, he is not. He can be perceived not perceived as that. So that's really a fun dynamic to play.
2: We, my wife and I, have actually talked about that a lot. We wondered if it is if it is something at least from the perspective of those characters at that time, if it is not apparent to them because it's something they simply could not conceive. They just have no, they have no no conception that it could even exist.
10: It, it was not, it was not an option. It really was not an option. You either got married, or you committed suicide, or you, you know, lived a totally closeted life. You know, um, it. Even like growing up and realizing, you know, my sexuality, I, I, you know, I thought there was no, no possibility to have love in my life. And um, I've been with my partner now 20 years, so that's kind of great. Uh, but, you know, it is and also like the women's movement. I mean, the, the, the beginning of the 60s started these movements, the civil rights movement, the women's movement. At the end of the 60s, the gay movement started. But in that time, you had to conform. You had to play the game. I mean, for women to get ahead, women at that time were only secretaries and wives. That's it. I remember my cousin uh, went to law school, and everyone was just... Like they couldn't believe she was going to law school, and then she became one of the you know, big lawyers in New Orleans, and she was one of the pioneers in, in the Deep South and New Orleans in that field, because I think she was the first female partner at her law
2: firm. We're talking to Brian Bat uh, from Mad Men, the new uh, season premieres Sunday, August 16th, and as we uh, wrap this up, I obviously wouldn't, wouldn't ask for any sort of uh, spoilers, and I know you would not uh, reveal them in any event, <laughs> uh, but, but in, a, in a sort of generalized sense, where does your character go this season? What can we expect?
10: a wonderful journey this season. Um, it's more, more wonderful Mad Men storytelling coming at you in, in a great way. I will say this: that you know sometimes people think you know the beginning of the series they, they kind of lull you back into the world, but uh, the season premiere, which airs um, August 16th on AMC, it's it, it's it's so fantastic. It's like a rocket taking off. There's there's so much going on.
2: People's heads are gonna swim. Excellent. Thank you so much, my friend. The new season premieres Sunday, August 16th on AMC. Mad Men season three and. Season two is out now on DVD. Mr. Brian Bat, a uh, best of continued success in life, art, and all things, my friend. Thank you. He's right back at you. Right. Thank you, sir. There you go. That is uh, Brian Bat from uh, Mad Men on AMC. You do great interviews. So that was I've, so cool. Oh, so I've been told.
3: Oh, I'm totally gonna spend my after. That
2: was so. That was. Uh,
4: you
3: did such a good job. That was uh. That was. You, who
2: asked all the questions
4: I would have asked. So I, that you, is. We can just sit back and know. listen to you. Ah, uh, we're well, the master. Well, thank you. Tim.
3: I'm so going home after the show today and uh, rewatching the last couple episodes of season two.
2: It is uh. It, and oh I, my God! If,
3: if you no, know, if someone hasn't seen that show, watch Mad Men. It's online. It's awesome. It's so good. The uh,
2: the only I was going to ask him actually the, uh, the the couple of things that I that I uh, didn't ask a because of uh you know there's you know obviously you know that guy's talking probably a million people promoting that show and you know whatever but um you know, and also just because I, I was sort of editing in my head as I went along and I thought do I really want to ask if Christina Hendricks is as hot in person as she is on television no probably not that'd be creepy. Maybe I'll ask if John Ham is as hot in person as no, that'd probably be creepy. I just <laughs> you know I won't that ask they're it. All as hot as and they then are. that <laughs> was my thing. And then I go, Well, come on, who am I kidding? They're all as hot in person <laughs> as they are in the door. I'm not gonna ask anything. It's stupid. Rick, don't ask that question. So I uh, but it's when he said that when you walk onto the stage, when you walk onto the set at that show, that you, you walk, are I'm at Sterling, Sterling Cooper, Cooper, I just gave me chills. I mean, it's so just cool. uh, such a such a great show. And oh see, Tim has got Tim uh, Tim's desktop is Mad Men. Have you done that thing where you can turn yourself into a Mad Men uh, avatar online? I'm saving it for the weekend when they run out of things to do. I did, but... In <laughs> your day planner as, like, <laughs> option Q.
3: I did, but they don't have a blue hair option, so it did not turn looking like
2: me. Yeah. I, uh, uh, what's it? Kelly Clark from the Willamette did that, and it's uh, she's got that where it's like her with the skinny cigarette or whatever, so... Excellent. There you go. Brian Bat from Mad Men, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up next, we will talk to Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com. He's got a feature article in uh, the new Portland Mercury. came out yesterday, and we'll get more news from Tim Riley coming up at 8 o'clock. Uh, we have Dax Holt from TMZ. Later on, our True Blood predictions for this Sunday. You stay there. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's the Rick Emerson Show.
6: This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
1: Now broadcasting everywhere. I'm a feminist, but look at my boobs. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101
2: KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up at eight o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ and uh, coming up at 8.20, that is the uh, next hour, 8.20, we'll have our uh, True Blood predictions for this coming Sunday. And you cheated, by the way. I saw you watching the trailer for the whole season.
3: I didn't cheat. No, th- but these are my specific predictions for this next upcoming episode. Because I knew, if you look up True Blood online, you can you know what's going to happen.
2: See, and I don't. See, I, I deliberately stay away. Or the season. I- and I can't believe that, I stay- that I'm worried about ruining such a stupid program. No, 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 and I don't the- want to find any True Blood spoilers to ruin the art.
3: Yeah, and the trailer really doesn't tell you anything that you don't see coming. It, it shows, you know, what's impending right now. All right,
2: My uh, prediction is that uh, Michelle Forbes will continue to be hot. All right. Uh, Tim Riley, what headlines are we following for the people of Portland, Oregon today? As we speak, the House
4: is racing to pass legislation to pour an additional $2 billion into the Cash for Clickers program. From where is this $2 billion coming, do you suppose? From where all the other money comes from.
2: Moneyland. Moneyland. <laughs> okay. The land of money. Gonna, that's nothing you have to worry about. That's No, no, no. You know, and here's the thing. Because I don't have kids, not going to have grandkids, it's nothing. I don't want to pass debt on to my grandchildren. I don't have grandchildren, so I don't care. Doesn't matter. Pass the debt on to whoever you like. There's
4: terror from a tiger in Vegas as it escapes a magic show. And...
2: Broken necks and spinal injuries are spoiling the fun at Hyrox in Clackamas. Well, spoiling the fun for them, not for us. Let's welcome now to the. Oh, I'm sorry. I got to get the. Uh, that's my fault. I always forget that the, the geek bet is over here. And, uh, one, two, there we go. Ah. So welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from com with The weekend geek, Geek, uh, our good friend Aaron Duran. Hello, sir. Hello, how's it going in here? Hey, so, first of all, congratulations, by the way. I knew you were working on uh, a, a piece, and uh, an article, and I didn't know it had been published yet because the issue just came out yesterday. If you pick up the new Portland Mercury... First of all, you pick up the Portland Mercury. You're going to see right there on the front. It says uh, "Delicious Dolls of D and D." It's about female gamers. Yep. But it's right there on the fr- on the front cover. I, that kind of surprised me too. I thought I'd get like a little sidebar, and I'm like, "Holy crap!" It's, huge. A, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge full
7: page article. Well done. Thank you very much. That yeah. was, it was a lot of fun to write. I figured for the you know the first kind of time I you know pitched myself, I might as well write what I know. So totally. And you know? <laughs>
5: Good for
7: you. so I just
2: discovered this. So I'm, I was actually sort of reading it during the break. So I'm not all the way done with it, but it's uh, it's great. So it's so it's about it's about women who play all role playing games or D anD D. Well, it's all role
7: playing games, but this group that I uh, focused on, they play they play D anD D, and they call themselves the Dungeon Divas. And you know, they play every Wednesday night. So I figured, you know, I might as well go observe them and you know, just, you know, ask them questions because I knew that a lot of women were playing role playing games. Every time I read an article about gaming from another from any other kind of media, it was always, and guess what there were some women there, too. And right. I'm like, well, <clears throat> no crap. It's right. been women for years. It's so. one of
2: those things that the media still, uh, you know, the media still treats as an exciting new phenomenon. Yeah, 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 like yeah totally. It's, uh, it, it's it's sort of the same thing with, um, you know, you. I read this great book called Game Boys, which is about the rise of professional video gaming. Yeah. And they'll, you know, they talk about how there's, you know, there's there's big corporate sponsorships at stake now with the world of video games. It's a big industry, it's huge. but every now and again, the media will treat it like it's a brand new story. You know, yeah. video games aren't just for you know it's it's not just a pastime anymore. <laughs> it's not just kids play it's moved beyond pong totally. you know <laughs> totally.
4: i'm no kidding
7: <laughs> never mind that it made more money than the you know the film industry last year yeah <laughs>
2: right uh so anyway so, uh, so congratulations on that and uh, we had um what was her name? caitlin this girl caitlin height uh was on the uh, the yeah. show with us uh I don't know, a few weeks ago because she had been at america's next top model to audition and she you know she left and she didn't feel it went well and so i interviewed her and and she immediately, right out of the gate, just unprompted, made some Dungeons and Dragons reference.
7: She's like, if my charisma had been higher, I would have done a lot better. she's
2: <laughs> was just like, I only, I only had a... Plus one of, like, you know, of, of you know strutting correctly in front of the camera. Yeah. So we had her uh, come into the studio, and she was, you know, she was obviously part of this demographic as well. So. Oh, yeah, no,
7: they're they're everywhere.
2: Cool. Uh, what is uh, going on in the world of geekery, sir? Uh,
7: the two kind of big fun items for the Week in Geek here in Portland. Uh, one will make you feel real good about yourself. The other one will make you so feel so very dirty.
2: Wait, so let's, uh, we want to start with good about myself or dirty, Sarah? Dirty. All right. Uh,
7: the one that will make you feel so very dirty but yet so very wonderful is happening tonight at the Clinton Street Theater at 11 p.m. It is the audience participation. Participation of Repo, the genetic hey. opera. Hey, yeah. So and by Repo's audience coming participation, back.
3: Participation? What do you mean?
7: Uh, sing-alongs. Oh, people coming in costume, singing. And I do believe there's going to be a little short, little impromptu concert after the movie at the Clinton Street Theater. That tonight. Is
3: so cool. I totally want to dress as Blind Meg. Please for, to describe um, Halloween.
2: Uh, please to describe Repo, a genetic opera for people and um, sing it. Please sing don't it. sing it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Repo's based in the future where um, uh, humans' organs are harvested because uh, people are getting sick and they want to live forever. So, like, um, if you Get a new organ. Yeah. Here, help me out here, Aaron.
7: It's You can buy a new organ from the Zydrate company. Yes. And uh, But if you can't make your payments, then the then Repo Man will come. And really? Anthony back. Stewart Head plays
2: the Repo Man. Giles? Giles, no, so, and
7: he's a no, so, badass. So you, need a new,
3: you need a new heart, and you haven't been able to pay off your heart on time, then he'll come and rip it out of you. I guess I yeah. never
2: really asked what and, the title was about all these months. So yeah.
3: he, he repossesses organs. Yeah. Giles from Buffy
2: comes to repossess your lungs.
7: And and it's, yeah, and he blo- looks,
3: it's a bloody, amazing And Paris Hilton
7: is in it, right? Yeah. And her best performance ever because she needs to play a vapid socialite and she's
3: Excellent. totally an addict and she's addicted to, uh, to she's addicted to like-
7: Zydrate, which is this drug that makes you feel euphoric so you can love surgery people become addicted to surgery and addicted
3: to so basically life. it's like it's like the essence of people that you take out of them after they die <laughs>
2: and yeah. so Sarah is old school repo you were on this uh, like last
7: year you were been talking obsessed about
3: this with this movie for well because I think I sent you the
2: soundtrack while. like over a year ago
7: you're like oh my god
3: <laughs> yeah I just latched onto it and then actually uh, met the the director and the one of the stars of it Zydunich
7: is who you met, and he oh plays God, the he grave so robber. Hot.
3: Yes. <laughs> so,
2: so this is Jesus. So this is going to be. Uh, uh, this could be a true bloody weekend. This is going to be uh, tonight at eleven o'clock at the Clinton Street Theater. Yeah, and it's going to be a sing along for Repo: The Genetic Opera. Okay, so now is there something to cleanse my? Pal- not that it's not a glorious experience, I'm sure. But <laughs> is there? What is the? What is the um, other thing that's going to take? Yes, this all tomorrow
7: I, I mentioned Guardian Games in the article, and uh, Saturday I believe it starts at two p.m. They are having the uh, the Bowling for Boobies gen- benefit.
2: <laughs> I like what I'm hearing it's, so far. Uh,
7: it's to benefit the, the Susan Corman uh, breast cancer oh, awareness. Oh, right, okay, yeah. So instead of getting all gross and sweaty and running for 20 miles to raise money, you can sit on your butt and play wee bowling to uh, raise money for breast cancer. <laughs> of course. <it's> <laughs>
2: <laughs> the look on Tim's face really conveys everything right now. So not only are you not outside, you're not even really moving. You're no, moving no, no. like this, this arm right In here. In a nice air-conditioned building. You can just sit on the couch and whoop. Can I just tell you, there's the, the most... Uh, Save the, the boob. We had the, we, had the most, we had the most wonderful experience this last... Uh, it might have, I think it might have been Monday, actually, this week. We went to the agency, uh, which is one of our uh, one of our fine uh, advertisers and uh, sponsors here at the Rick Emerson Show. They're at uh, 19th and... Um, uh, uh, what's it? Not Lombard. The hell is that street? 19th and... Uh,
1: what are you talking hmm. about? The agency, 19th. Morrison.
2: Nah, it's not Morrison. It's past Morrison. Starts with an F. Well, Remind. whatever.
3: Remind. It's, right, it's right
2: by. It's right by PG
7: Park. does matter. Yeah,
3: you can't miss it. It's like yeah, right
7: I always figure just, just go off Burnside on 19th and you'll hit it. Anyway, so it's a, but it's
2: right across from PG Park, the agency, and so it's a it's a sports bar, but it's sort of beyond that because they've got all of these you know they've got these video game systems everywhere and they've got flat screen TVs and you go down to the basement and it's like this great sort of like fries electronics meets Orwell meets awesome kind of vibe. And so we go there, we're having this massive, and this is, I mean, I'm just going to say this because it's true, we've had this massive lunch, and it was, you know, air-conditioned, so that was nice. And then they bring out they bring out the, uh, the the Wii, they bring out the Nintendo Wii. It's time to exercise. And, like, the entire wall illuminates with this massive television that's hidden sort of behind this mirror thing, as so you don't really see it until the television goes like, whoosh. And so there's the three, it's myself and Lara and um, her friend Trevor, and we're all sitting there. And, and at one point I realized that we're not moving anything but like the like the right hand and even that just a little bit and we actually at one point move one of the sofas a little bit so that I can move my arm without actually having to adjust my body because I want to try to bowl without expending any calories at all so it was a uh, it was quite supposed to something. get a strike on the chair here 19th and Morrison Tim you were right about that uh, so that is uh, so anyway so the Nintendo Wii and the bowling and right. the breast cancer uh, yep. uh, fundraising that is happening
7: that is happening uh, tomorrow at 2pm at guardian games and they're at 303 southeast third so that's it's a pretty good cause and i like raising money for breast cancer awareness but i don't like to um work for it so <laughs> this is perfect how can i do it
3: honestly guardian games is really cool like it, it's, it's it's like i've dragged exactly Sarah there to it all it my sounds. nerd
7: events and it's fantastic
3: <laughs> it's amazing it is need to watch people like playing these role-playing games
2: from a sociological perspective mm-hmm. and like an anthropological perspective it is fascinating. Look, and I don't care it whether you, you game, don't game. You plan on being a gamer at some point, doesn't matter. Uh, you go there, it, it, it is just it is just a, a really, <laughs> really unbelievably interesting place to spend a little bit of time. Mm-hmm.
7: So, but since it's owned by women, the people tend to be a lot cleaner. Yeah, that's so true. that's a big plus. <laughs> I should also
2: point out that the women in question are hot, so that too. All right, uh, Aaron Duran, geekinthecity.com is the website. And again, congratulations on uh, on this great piece in the Portland Mercury. You can read it. It's uh, page 17 of the new, uh, issue, ladies and gents. All right, coming up at eight o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ at 820, our true blood predictions for this coming Sunday. You stay there. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland. It's Friday.
0: More of the Rick Emerson show in mere moments, only on Rock 101, KUFO, Portland.
2: All right, then. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us. Coming up at 9, it is uh, Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. Coming up at 8.20, though. That is uh, about 20 minutes from now, 8.20. Uh, Sarah and I will do our True Blood predictions uh, for this week's upcoming episode. So that's uh, going to be this Sunday night. We'll do our predictions for that here in uh, just a skosh, as our uh, Asian friends say. Are we... Uh, all right. In just a moment, we'll uh, be joined by Tim Riley from the news desk. This, however, from TMZ, our good friend, the one and only Dax Hold. How are you on this Friday, sir?
6: I'm doing good. I'm excited because it is Friday. I can't Dax- wait We've to been Dax- tomorrow. <laughs> so what have we got in the
2: world of bad things happening to people who are not named Rick Emerson?
6: Well, who do you want to talk about? And I can see if I can give you a story.
2: Wait, hold on. Let me channel sources point to uh, almost Michael
6: Jackson. <laughs> How did I know you were going to pick him again? Well, I'm, uh, I'm easy to read, sir. Well, here's the, here's the big thing. You know, everyone's thinking that uh, Michael died in his bed. Not the case. He died in uh, Dr. Conrad Murray's bed. <sighs> Isn't this weird? I mean, it just keeps getting stranger. But, uh... Yeah, apparently Michael would uh, go and sleep in Dr. Conrad Murray's bed because he didn't want people coming in and out of his room, you know, and probably seeing him under. So he'd get him, himself hooked up to that IV, and the propofol would begin flowing at night. And it looks like in the morning, Dr. Conrad Murray would wake him back up and move along with his day. You know, I, the,
2: the, here's the thing. Of all the places you could spend the night, I, first of all, I, I think we can say that that was a tactical error on Michael Jackson's part. I think we he chose poorly. Uh, in uh, you know, by choosing to align himself with that guy for any number of reasons. I mean, whether the guy's ever found guilty of anything or he's indicted of anything, the guy, just the anecdotal evidence seems to point to Weasel. I mean, he just
6: seems yeah. like there's a whole lot that doesn't add up with that guy. Well, Rick, if you paid me a $100,000, I would stare at you all night long to make sure you didn't die. So <laughs> this guy, the fact that he... Walked out of the room, or fell asleep, whatever happened, came back to find Michael gone. You know that's pretty. That's just terrible. You know,
2: and frankly, I'm unsure how to feel about your offer of doing that for a hundred thousand dollars. Part of me, part of me is hoping I hit the Powerball just so I can sort of take you up on that, and just you know, see what it's like. I mean, who knows? I, it maybe might help me sleep better. It might give me just that extra layer of self-assurance that I need. Um, so, what do we know about th- this business of them going and uh, some people apparently taking a bunch of documents or a bunch of files or something out of out of the doctor's uh, storage area before the 911 call
6: yeah, this was the day Michael died, about nine in the morning. He, uh, there's a couple girls that worked in his office that went to a storage facility, grabbed some boxes and ran out quickly. And that's, that's all according to a storage facility. Well, we caught up with the women and their sisters and they both had two completely different stories. Nothing was matching anything. One girl said, oh, well, I just went to go get a biohazard box full of used needles. Okay, because that's something in that every office needs, to keep around their used needles and then bring them back to the office.
2: <laughs> Seriously. And who, and who- who stores those things? I mean, exactly. well we could we could dispose of these safely. No, 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 let's put them in a box and then label them Christmas decorations. <laughs>
6: And then the other girl was like, no, I just went there for a chair. So one's saying a chair, the other saying used needles. I'm thinking they're full of it. And uh, we're, we're believing that it could have been boxes full of propofol that uh, Dr. Conrad Murray was getting shipped to his office out there. And then when he needed it, he'd have it FedExed to Michael's house.
2: Are we sure that it wasn't a chair made out of used needles as like some sort of Los Angeles performance <laughs> art or something?
6: Something from Saw 8. Yeah,
2: exactly. Um, and, and I guess, and I don't know if, if the answer to this is even really known right now. We had heard that the final autopsy report was going to be out at some point. I mean, they could sort of imminently, but I I don't really know what that means. We have any sort of timeline for when we're going to kind of figure out the bottom line from the coroner's office?
6: Well, they've postponed it at this point. You know, it was supposed to come out really soon. It's already been over four weeks since Michael died, and they said four to six. And now they're saying, okay, we're going to hold off on releasing it. We want to continue doing, you know, an investigation, so we're not going to put it out yet. All right. So on that note, real quickly before you go, I'm assuming you you have... heard or heard about uh,
2: the new Eminem track uh, that came out where he just that guy just takes a verbal axe uh, to Mariah Carey. Oh, Mariah
6: and Nick. Oh, yeah. For
2: like three minutes. It's brutal. It's uh, it's definitely worth a listen, but uh, not safe for work anywhere ever at any time.
6: But so. it's, it's not the first time. I feel like he's attacked Mariah multiple times in his song, so yeah, he just must have a real axe to grind with. They, her. Yeah, they appear to have a bit, of a, a bit of an F. Scott and Zelda thing going on there, back
2: and forth, so I'm just glad that I get a front-row seat to watch. So.
6: Well, you saw she dressed up as him in the, her latest music video.
2: Yes. Yeah, there there seems to be enough crazy there for 9 or 12 people, You know, just yeah. divided up between the two of them. Pretty All right, much. have a fantastic weekend, my friend. We'll talk to you next week later. There you go. Dax Holt from TMZ. You can see him on TV, uh, TMZ television, uh, 1130 tonight on Fox 12. There you go. All right, let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley.
0: The Rick Emerson Show's nonstop coverage of Hot Hotpocalypse 2009 continues. This is Tim Riley.
4: Good morning from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. It is 8.08. Expect highs today to drop into the low 90s. The weekend forecast calls for highs also near 90, dropping back into the 80s next week. Lots of weather-related stories, but first, caution, zombie strippers. That's a story that's sweeping Portland. All the TV stations have picked up on it. Yes, traffic signs being hijacked nationwide by hackers. It had happened in Portland yesterday. You heard about it first here. And everybody else just caught onto it. Sent a crew down. A contractor's traffic sign on the uh, Powell Boulevard, just east of the Ross Island Bridge, overnight Wednesday, read "Caution: Zombie Strippers." Many motorists saw it in the early morning hours. The sign was switched off by people who just don't know how to have a good time. That's so right, one Tim. No, and we, and morning. we
3: in no way know who did that.
2: <laughs> See, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I was.
3: I have absolutely no clue whatsoever. Who happened to do that? In
2: no way would we have any knowledge of that.
4: Well, speaking of other people trying to have a good time, the rough economies created a new class of jobless, those who are turning their unemployment into fun employment on the taxpayer's dime. Thousands of young Americans, known as the fun employed, are taking advantage of this. The unemployed, using their time and government checks. To have fun—that's
3: right, the definition of tropical summer. Are yes. you
2: uh, are you making this term up yourself, or is that something that a, that a journalist has created, trying to get us all to use it? A journalist from Como TV. Really? Is this the, a, the fun employed? Fun employed it, it is, is one word. Is that, that like the new sexting? Yes, Honestly, yeah,
3: I have lots of friends who are fun employed, and I have to say, it is a lot of. Fun. What are the
2: What are the parameters of being fun employed?
3: Um, getting laid off from your job and not really wanting to get another one, so uh, getting unemployment. Take for
4: instance a young fellow named David his typical day goes something like
2: this wait hold on a second let me let me see if i can find hold on the uh, i i've got this here somewhere i've got the appropriate i've got the appropriate bed to to accompany this uh it's right and it's actually a bed that we uh it's a bed that we used to use for something else i think I guess maybe I don't. I was looking for the old... I was looking for the, the Pleasantville bed uh, that we used to use for Scotty, but all right, we'll have to find it at a later point. Oh, I'm sorry. So go ahead. Plunge on ahead with your fun employment. Well, David is one of the thousands of young Americans who are members of the fun employed.
4: <laughs> David wakes up sometime around 11, sometimes later. He's thirsty the net, practices some guitar licks, and then hangs out with his girlfriend. No, that's wrong. Sorry. <laughs> YouTube has no shortage of the... Fun employed. There are thousands of videos posted. Officials at the unemployment office say the fund employed could be investigated for fraud, lose their checks,
2: and be forced to pay back the money that they spent on all this fund. Oh, seriously, good luck. Good no. luck with that, the man. Uh, the, the, the idea that the government at this point, the government which doesn't have enough money to fix a hole in front of my house... And which now has to cough up $2 billion for this uh, cash-for-clunkers thing because the first billion dollars got blown through in like a day and a half. The idea that they're going to spend the money and shoe leather and time to come d- d- jack up some guy who's busy playing an Xbox or something is uh, really, uh, because he's unemployed. The because fun-employed. I'm sorry, because he's fun-employed due to poor decisions made by the same government that is now going to come and try to get that money out of his ass? Not going to happen. My fun-employed
3: so. friends, I can tell you what they do all day. Like <laughs> around like 9... Then we'll usually go to breakfast. Then maybe go for a bike ride for a while. Then, then
0: a light eat. lunch. Then, then
4: a nap. A,
3: go pick up a six pack and go to the pool. That's what I out. call
0: being fun.
2: Employed.
4: And then
3: ride bikes and then maybe go to a show and then go to a bar.
2: Well, because because at this point, like, what do you? <laughs> the idea that that you're unemployed and so therefore, therefore a loser is not a thing that really carries any weight at this point either. Because I mean, every single person, every one of us, and every single person listening knows, probably more than a few people who are unemployed <laughs> through no fault of their own. I mean, really, because a lot of, you know, there was there was this time where if you were unemployed, the odds were like 50-50, you did something to deserve that. Uh, you you know, the, you lost a job because you're a jackass in some way. And everybody knows that guy. But everybody also knows the guy where it's like the company it just said, uh, and by the way, we're insolvent, goodbye. You know, and then you just go there and you just, he doesn't work anymore. And we have, what, 12% unemployment or something? Yes. So it's not like there's a big a surplus of jobs out there to be had. No, in any And event. you
3: know what? Yeah, now's the time to be unemployed.
2: You know what? And, and, and that's or fun employed. That's, I'm enjoy sorry, fun sun. employed. <laughs> and that's the other thing that I think all of us have said to people at one time. Because we'll get people who call up and they say they lost their job or they got laid off or between gigs or whatever. And it is hard to do. I'll admit. I'll admit that. But you gotta try to really enjoy your fun, fun employment. employment. Because the minute you get a job, which will happen at some point, the minute you get a job, you're going to immediately have two emotions. One, you're like, oh, thank God I got a job. Two, ah, crap, I got to get up on Monday. And you will then lament that you did not wring every moment of enjoyment out of your fun, fun employment. Blood. So that's what I'm telling you right now. You just uh, drink deeply from the cup of slack uh, because you just you just don't know when that moment's going to get taken away and then you're to start getting up at 6 o'clock and go kiss some guy's ass for eight hours. Although, know. doctors are now warning uh,
4: Portlanders that record heat and booze don't mix.
2: That's a lie, Tim. They mix perfectly. They mix very well. There are no two things that mix more perfectly than Perhaps that. Perhaps they're not consulting with the fun employed. And maybe just mix like a big bag of thumbtacks in there somehow just to, to like uh, sort of keep it spicy. Uh, as we break, we have listener, Carla, who sent this in. She says... Can I win the best headline of the day sent in by a listener award? This headline is Michael Jackson's veins weren't IV friendly from uh, MSNBC. So there you go. No, you you win nothing but our love and esteem. However, if you are caller number 10 right now at 503-228-4101-503, 228-4101. You're going to win yourself a family four-pack of tickets to the Demolition Derby. That happens at the Washington County Fair this Sunday. That is the second. Gates open at 6. All the action starts at 7. You'll win yourself a pair of uh, passes, or rather a family four-pack of uh, passes to that. Right now, if you are caller 10 at 503-228-4101. All right, straight ahead at 820, we have True Blood Predictions for this Sunday. Stay there. The Rick Emerson shows live from beautiful downtown Portland. It's Friday.
1: This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
6: Broadcasting in
2: color. Huh? Yeah, that's right. Who's rigged now, Mr. Ricky Man? The Rick Emerson Show returns. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is The Rick Emerson Radio Program on Friday. Be sure to join us Monday when our guests will include, I swear to God, Mary Joe Badafoucault and Mila Jovovich. Can we, just before we do anything else, can I get a uh, a, a, a ruling from the judges on something? Yeah. Is it Mila Jovovich or is it Mia Jovovich? I don't know. Or is it Jovovich? I don't mean to sound daft, but there's like 900 ways you could pronounce that. Greg, do we have a a ruling? I believe it is Jovovich. But is it Mia Mia or or Mila? Mila? I think it's Mila. Mila Jovovich. Mila. Although the first, I could be wrong on the first name too. Oh God! All right, this is this is shaping up to be one of those Yevgeny Kafelnikov things that I'm never going to get right. All right, well, I'll figure it out over the weekend. We'll do what we always do. We'll just go to like we'll go on YouTube and find somebody from E talking to her and just see what they say. I was just figured that that way at least she's been somebody has screwed up who's more you know like bigger than we are and then, you know then it's okay. It's uh, 503-228-4101. Tim Riley, what headlines are we following on this Friday? It looks like the heat wave may come to an end this weekend. Hundreds
4: of post offices nationwide are closing down. One here in downtown Portland, my favorite one, too. Oregonians just can't drive 55. Too many speeding deaths this year. And what Gilligan's Island actress is auctioning off all her things? I know.
2: I don't know. I think I know.
5: I'm
2: going to write down my guess right now. Yeah. All right. We'll find out. Okay, all right, done. In moments. Okay. All right, it's 503 uh, Straight ahead, and by straight ahead I mean now, we have Sarah and i's true blood predictions for this coming Sunday. All right, so this Sunday, I believe that I have an idea for, let's say, three things that are probably going to happen. One of them is a little bit of a wild card. Okay. But I think you and I uh, each set aside, is was was that what we agreed on, three we're yes. gonna pick three either developments, plot points, um, revelations, three things either with characters or with the story arc that we're gonna that we're gonna unfold. Mm-hmm. So now you have seen the trailer for the full season, but you said that it actually doesn't doesn't reveal a whole lot.
3: No, it's just it's just kind of all encompassing because there is this impending vampire war.
2: Of course, and isn't there always?
3: <laughs> of course there is. You know, because you've been if you've been watching it, you know that you know the um, Church of the Light or whatever it is is you know trying to trying to wage a war with the vampires. So that's basically what that preview was about. But no, I don't know anything specific that's going to happen.
2: All right. So uh, who wants to do their uh, their predictions first? It should be you or me. I'll go first. Okay.
3: Okay. So this episode, I believe that we're going to find out that Marianne has complete control over Tara.
2: And this is the, the Michelle Forbes character, yes. the, the, the wiggly one. The I believe one, that the one I, who does the vibrating thing.
3: I believe that Tara is kind of a lost cause, at least for this episode. I think that she's kind of getting in too deep a little. Um, I believe that um, Sookie is going to find out about Bill. And I'm sorry. Other- you believe that who? Sookie. Sookie and Bill. Um, I, believe she's I, I, I
2: believe you meant thucky.
3: <laughs> okay. Um, she's going to find out that Bill slept with his maker, and she's going to dump him. And I think that uh, Lafayette's going to snap back this episode, and I think that he's... Um, he, since he's dealing Vegan again and stuff, I think he's going to be uh, more animated, but I think he also might turn bad.
2: Let me ask you this question, I, and uh, keep in mind that I don't know anything about anything. I have no idea. I don't know any secret information about the show. I don't even... In fact, I... It, it, As we say, like a hundred times a week, I can't believe I care about the. I mean, it's just the
3: dumbest show ever.
2: So badly done. Give it
3: so much thought.
2: And yet. But, you know, here's the thing. So do I. But on the other hand, I don't ever go online to look up information because I don't want to have it ruined for me. When, in fact, like the show is ruined. Like, you know what ruins the show? The show. And the fact the that it's so terrible. badly done that the writing I and the, all the
3: actors, the writing
2: is like the writing horrible. and directing and the acting ruin it. But I don't want to know any spoilers. Take all the fun out of it. Um, let me just ask you this. Have we since he uh, was released from his vampire captivity? God, we sound like retards. Have we seen Lafayette in the sun?
3: No, see, I think that yeah, I thought that he was a vampire for a while there too. You
2: don't think he is now, though.
3: <sighs> I think that he's Eric's bitch, but I don't think he's a vampire. But oh. that's actually initially what I thought because he looked very ashen mm-hmm. when he was working in the you know in the kitchen and kind of sassy, and his makeup was different. You could tell.
2: All right, I'm still I'm I don't I'm unclear about what I'm unclear about my thoughts there. I. I think there's we're gonna have, there's gonna be some revelation. Well, about I think
3: him. I think Lafayette's gonna switch sides, but I don't know if he is a vampire yet or if he's just going to be like evil.
2: My three uh, predictions for this coming Sunday's episode of True Blood: one, uh, uh, Bill uh, makes a decision. He doesn't do it, but Bill makes some statement to the effect of "There's only one thing I can do. I have to kill Lenora or whatever his maker." I'm vampire. I'm vampire. <laughs> Me, Bill, pick up gun. The, he, I think he will have to, he'll make the decision. He'll say something dramatic. Like at a key moment, like maybe at the end, where he says that he has to kill uh, Lenore, the vampire who made, who turned him into a vampire, okay. into, into vampire. So
3: he, you think that?
2: I think he will. He will say something. I don't think he'll do it or act on it. And then I think it may wait till the end of the series. For the, it may take to the end of the series for it actually to, uh, for it actually to start. But I think we're going to see something from uh, from Bill where he says he makes a statement to the effect that he's going to have to do it. Okay, she must be killed. She is the problem. Um, I, I am from the Stanislavski School of Acting. Uh, watch me emote. You
3: think, so, you think this next episode he's going to declare that she's. Yes, she a he
2: problem. will declare that she's got to go. Okay. Prediction number two uh, Sam Merlot, having been kidnapped by Marianne's gaggle of the humping werewolves Freaks. or whatever they are, <laughs> uh, that he will at the end of the episode be under her power and turn into a bad guy. And...
3: Oh, I hope not. And Thucky
2: will realize this when she goes and she goes, Sam, I've come to rescue you! And Sam will turn around and he'll have... No, no, no. He'll he'll turn around and he'll have like those black, creepy, dead eyes, the doll's eyes. No, And he'll hold up a knife and he'll say like, The sacrifice must be made to Gozer the Unclean One or whatever. And like, then she'll go... You know,
3: Sookie's trapped in the basement right now, though. I
2: wish Sookie was trapped in a, a different show so I didn't have to watch her. I wish Sookie was trapped in a place where she'd never been hired. Uh, so Sam will will end up being under Marianne's spell, and it'll break Sookie's heart because he's turned into a bad guy. Uh, third prediction, this is a wild card. Okay. My final uh, True Blood prediction that we have uh, Tim Riley's news straight ahead. And uh, it smells like the 90s coming up with uh, Buzz at 9. My third and final prediction, again, this is just a, this is a wild card prediction. This is way out there. I am predicting that what's it, that uh, that uh, uh, eggs guy that uh, Tara's humping it out with, uh-huh. I believe through some weird sort of confluence of events, it's going to turn out that they're siblings. Even if it's like in some weird creepy, like his spirit was in another body kind of way. You're weird. And that's going to be why her mom is so nuts. It's going to turn out that Mama's nuts because of a brother she never knew she had that was There's taken away, or killed, or somebody's kidnapped.
3: Watched a little too much Guiding Light.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. It's years of arrested development. It's just they they planted an incest into every corner of my brain. <laughs> that came out wrong. There's no way to make is that there come out you right. You want to talk about? No. Don't look at me. All right, it's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, we have news with Tim Riley. We have Smells Like the 90s coming up with our good friend Buzz. We want to take this opportunity uh, to spread some birthday cheer. First and foremost, uh, to program director uh, and executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock, uh, whose birthday is today. And by the way, the walls are lined with pictures of him. And then they've done this great thing of putting photos of things that he is older than. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like he's older than what, like the Game Boy or something? Yes. And Pong. The best thing, and and cassette recorders, the, the, which
4: came out later in the year that he was born. Oh. So he was actually born a few months before uh, cassette recorders came out for Christmas.
2: And so he so he outstripped it by only a matter of months. Uh-huh. The weird one that was though is like again, there's all these photos like Chris Paddock is older than, and then it'd be like a picture of you know like uh, it would be a picture Rocks. of uh, <laughs> it's a box boxing dirt. Um, no, one of them is just <laughs> I swear to God, one of them is just a bottle of pills that's been poured out. What?
4: what kind of pills? I, but see, that it doesn't say. There were plenty of pills and drugs available before Chris Paddock was born. That's
2: what I thought. So it's all very odd. Anyway, well, I'm so, jealous of the picture of him w- with a Cure t-shirt. That picture, there's a p- picture of Chris Paddock. It's like a full, he looks like Fido Dido. It's awesome. Uh, so happy birthday to Chris Paddock. And, uh, and uh, coincidentally, happy birthday to one of our uh, longtime listeners, Mark the Brit. Uh, his birthday is today as well. So from all of us at happy our birthday. family, happy birthday uh, to y'all. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Oh, that's me. It's the Rick Emerson Show.
5: Well, another f- year has come and gone. So grab your f- party hat and put that f- on. We're gonna drink a lot of f- beer and smoke a lot of pot. F- and if you're supposed to work tomorrow, better call and tell them to f off. Happy f- birthday to you. All your f- friends are here and your f- family too. Hope you get some f- action.
2: Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. The Rick Emerson Show continues next live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Friday morning.
0: This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock
2: 101. From the director of Independence
0: Day.
4: I'm a fighter pilot. I belong in the air. Target remains.
0: Repeat. Target remains. Get out of the way. Get out of the way now.
5: Oh my God, I'm looking at a baby.
0: This is the Rick Emerson Show
2: on Rock 101. A UFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is... Pardon me. You know, there is something wrong with my voice. I don't want to gross everybody out, but you know what it is? I I'm just going to say this one thing. Oh, no. Well, no, 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 I'm just saying. I had a head cold, you know, a little bit. How do I put it? Now the, uh...
3: Okay, Getting rid Stop of the it. head cold. That's Stop all I'm it. saying.
2: I'm just, uh... Well, you can't beam it out like on Star Trek, Sarah. This is, we're not at that point yet. It's uh, Anyway, uh, let's do this.
0: Rick Emerson shows nonstop coverage of Hot Apocalypse 2009 continues. This is Tim Riley. Good morning,
4: everyone. 846 of the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. Today's high will drop it in the low 90s. And for the weekend, more of the 90s. Then in the 80s by early next week. Two kids have been treated for dehydration and taken into protective custody after cops found them sleeping in a broken-down RV in Vancouver, with the indoor temperature of 108 degrees. The family was down on its luck and decided to relocate to the couve. Hundreds of post offices nationwide will be closed down, not just due to the email fad, but because of the recession. You've noticed, well, a lot less junk mail and no more credit card offers to deliver. So, they're going to close down one post office, and it's the best one, my favorite one, the Gus Solomon Building. Post office is closing down the downtown. Portland. Where is that? Is that the one on 6th? That is the, the one at, uh, let's see, Broadway. Well, Broadway and 6th. It's the old federal building with all the granite. Oh, so love that the park blocks down
3: there? Yeah. Oh, oh that's, cool. that's too bad. It's I love that. It's my
2: favorite one. It's never crowded, which is why it's closing Oh, right?
4: that's unfortunate. It is. I'm going to miss
2: it. Uh, by the way, we should uh, take a moment here to say that, uh, the, first of all, Greg found it, uh, the correct pronunciation. It is Mila, as in like M E E L A. Mila. Like so, in case anybody has you ever like run into her, uh, Mila Jovovich is how we pronounce her name apparently. Mila Jovovich. So she's going to join us on Monday. She's in a movie with uh, a new movie with Steve Zahn. But also, and I and I actually should have mentioned this as we were going to the break. So that song we just played, "The Mission," which is the the what do you know that song, which is the one that, I
3: love that song.
2: <laughs> and it's the song that every single person like I don't even have to read the rest of the email anymore. I'll get an email like, "What is the song that I have type back?" "The Mission" by Pussifer, uh, which is I, which I don't think is actually even purchasable right now. I think it's like a radio only thing. Anyway, but she is, she's the female vocalist on that. So if you hear that song play, um, I she
3: that stuck in my head for hours at a time.
2: It's a great song. It doesn't sound like anything I've ever heard. It's uh, it, it, it really is. It's, it's cut from an entirely different musical cloth. So when you hear that song, that is Mila Jovovich who does the, the female vocals on there. So we're going to ask her about that on Monday. Just a FYI. So that's uh, that is Monday we're speaking with her. Here's Tim Riley.
4: Don Wells, who played Marianne, Marianne on Gilligan's Island, is selling all her worldly belongings. That's right, right, right about that. Don, here's what's for sale: a 1970 Ford F-150 pickup, a Chinese rug, a picture frame cutter, and boxes of lace made by her grandmother. Uh,
2: these aren't really Don Wells's possessions so much as <laughs> this is like some stuff that was in the house when she moved in. None of the memorabilia from Gilligan's Island will be sold. That's the... Right. It's like it's some crap that belonged to her grandmother that she found in a drawer somewhere. First come, first (laughs) serve. Okay. She's she's 71 years old. Let me go go now to avoid the rush. She's not selling anything from... Is she saving that for when she's got it, you know, like the the IRS comes knocking or something? I suppose so. When she gets all Willie nelson and they find that she owes $900 million? Mm -hmm. How could she not be selling any of this stuff from Gilligan's Island? What does she think... You know who buys this stuff that she's selling now? A picture frame cutter? Yes. I don't even know what that is. Don't tell buy me it cuts. It, pic- it
7: <laughs>
4: <out>.
2: <laughs> don't tell me it cuts picture
4: frames. Like what? Is- Somebody is, spends their time making picture frames, and they need a picture frame cutter.
2: But I don't understand. A picture frame cutter is just made out of pieces of wood, which you
3: can cut I, I, with anything. I'm
2: not, I'm not sure what it looks like, Sarah. What is a picture frame cutter? Say you
4: don't. Know I would we- think
3: it was like an exacto knife. <laughs> See that but sharper,
2: but but, but but you're cutting picture frames, I, but
3: a picture frame cutter. But mm-hmm. see,
2: I don't, but that's what I mean. I don't know what that is. It's not for the actual wooden frame that you make in, a, in the, in the shop with like a saw or something. And it wouldn't be for the thing that like you put your, uh, you know, the picture in because mm-hmm. that you could just use, again, you could use an exacto knife or you could just use like scissors or whatever. So the, the, she's selling a thing that isn't related well, to getting exactly that no somebody knows exactly what that
4: is and they're going to be waiting in line to buy it.
2: You know, but you know who goes to buy this stuff from Don Wells? Stalkers. Because these are things, the only thing that makes these appealing is that the girl from Gilligan's Island, like, touched them at one point. So that's a guy who wants her skin cells so he can start some cloning in his basement oh. to get a, get a little, like, small wonder thing going on with her with her face on it.
3: That's disturbing. I'm just saying. Your mind goes to dark places.
2: I'm just wondering who would buy that sort of a thing. I, myself, would wait until she was selling some of her uh, stuff from Gilligan's Island. I might buy that. And, by the way, I was I'm cheating a little bit when I said that I knew it was Dawn Wells. Because what's her name who played uh, Lovey Howell? She's dead. Whatever her name was. Natalie L- Shaver. Natalie Schaefer. She, she yeah. did a long time. Uh, and then Tina Louise is just such a... She's just so bitchy and bitter about the whole thing that she probably doesn't even know. She probably burned all of her Gilligan's Island stuff years ago because she was so uh, just hated that show so much. All right, Here's uh, Tim Riley. So Michael Jackson, chef, is making the talk show
4: rounds, answering the same questions in the same order with everyone. I don't know if anybody noticed this. Her name is uh, Kai Chase, and she talks about Michael Jackson's last day. Around 12 o'clock, 12, 12.10. 12, Uh, Dr. Murray comes running down the stairs into the
9: kitchen he comes into the kitchen screaming hurry go get Prince go get security and so I drop everything at that point and run into the den which is not too far from away from the kitchen and get Prince. you know Prince hurry you know come with me you know something dr Murray's screaming something may be wrong with your dad as Prince goes and, and sees what dr Murray is asking at the stairs and uh,
1: dr Murray runs back upstairs with Prince following him? no Prince was down Downstairs. Okay, so he didn't have take Prince no, to the room no, because no. we had heard stories of that. That, that did who's, didn't. Who's exactly the
4: chef talking happened. to here? It could be anybody because these answers are using the same wording every time they're asked.
2: Interchangeable. And one word out of place.
3: Yeah, that sounds exactly the same as yesterday.
2: Because yeah. you got to figure the chef and like, Larry King. How much does she really have to say? So, this, but this is more uh, uh, support to the allegation that the doctor came down and didn't call nine one one right away, but asked for the kid to come up there. Correct. Look at how I'm doing CPR on your dad. I'm, that's the throwing star noise, I guess. I don't have a. What's the Michael Jackson CPR noise? That's there nothing. is no noise. I was gonna say maybe, maybe there is no noise of Michael Jackson having CPR administered to him. <clears throat> so the, but he, but it's like he wanted a witness. This, this, so goes the theory. Anyway, yeah. it's just an allegation that he wanted a witness to, like, look how I'm doing these uh, resuscitation measures. Look how I'm attempting to save his life. Please don't sue me. It, it, which is weird. But it's like the chef, like, how much lower can we go? Like, where do we, where do we go to after talking to Michael Jackson's chef? And by the way... Who works in the basement? And it's unconscionable that they didn't ask her what his last meal was. That's what I want to know. I Don't you want to know what Michael Jackson's last meal was?
3: And yes, then did. I thought his stomach was completely empty. I thought it was just pills.
2: Just pills and just pills and sadness. So the but but like it's like uh, just so you can use the headline like the Last Supper. And then they would sh- show the chef like you know recreating what it was that Michael Jackson was served uh, before he shuffled off his mortal coil. So I can't. Be- Maybe they did ask at some point in the interview, but that's the that would have been the first question out of my mouth. We should try to get her on the show just so I can ask her what his last meal was. Sure, I'd go like on to anybody. Show at this point. Well, there you go. We'll uh, we'll make it happen. Do it. All right. Uh, it's time to uh, draw a curtain down on uh, this week's State of Affairs. So uh, a huge week. Thanks to everybody who uh, came out to Crew Fest 2 again on uh, Tuesday. It was, uh, it was good times. And so you want to be listening for uh, Summer of Rock Part 2. As uh, Stain, Shine Down, Chevelle, Hailstorm uh, are going to be the amphitheater of Clark County. That is Monday, August 10th. Tickets on sale now. You go to KUFO.com to find out more information. Uh, so that's coming up. And then, of course. Later on, we have uh, the Pedal to the Metal Tour. You can find out more about all of that at com. Also at KUFO.com, coming up today at 9 a.m., you're going to be able to uh, get yourself a $50 gift certificate to dine at Cafe Allegro in the heart of Old Town Tigard, serving authentic... I'm going
4: there this weekend.
2: Really? Yes, I am. I hear really good things about it, actually, mm-hmm. and uh, Laura and I are going to be headed that direction as well, so we're going to be getting there. They have authentic gourmet cuisine in a cozy bistro setting, fresh salads, hearty pasta, calzones, pizza, and more uh, uh, coming up at 9 o'clock, which is just about five minutes from now. You go to KUFO.com. You can get a $50 gift certificate for just $25 as part of KUFO's half-off sale. If you're caller 10 right now, you'll be able to uh, win one of those for you. you can buy it. 503 228 4101-503-228-4101 if you are uh, caller 10. We want to thank uh, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop, Ron Livingston, uh, as well as uh, Brian Batt from Mad Men, Aaron Duran from Geekinthecity.com, and Dax Holt from TMZ. Be sure to join us Monday when our guests will include Mia Yovovich and Mary Joe Badafoucault. Uh, Rick Emerson show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones, Greg Nibbler, production assistant extraordinaire at the front guest desk. Uh, Dave Zinn is the gatekeeper, the web mistress. Bridget from upstairs, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan Don't F with me Reynolds, executive producer Christopher J. Paddock coming up uh, next to her smells like the 90s with her good friend Buzz. My name is Rick Emerson. It is Friday, July 31st 2009 and that is the frequency. Kenneth, as always, thank you for listening. Be safe. Watch out for snakes. See you on Monday. Bye now.
1: Attention, broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.